to be who you are, meaning everything, your gifts, your challenges, because your challenges, when you overcome them, you'll be able to teach someone else. Like, hey, this is how it's, this is what I did and it helped me. Your purpose is to be you. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. I've been working on my health for a long time, really dialing in the diet, the lifestyle, the whole thing. And one of the toughest hurdles for me to get over has been my gut health. Digestion issues, heartburn, constipation. I don't want to get too graphic here, but it's like the missing link for me until I found Just Thrive Probiotic, that is. And that's why I'm so happy to share them with you as our sponsor today. These guys make a probiotic that actually works. It's got 100% survivability. It's vegan, non-GMO, soy-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, salt-free, nut-free, gluten-free, crappy-free. It's awesome. It's clinically proven for leaky gut, and they have nine other ongoing human clinical trials. It's a really powerful way to support your immune system and your brain because your brain depends on the health of your gut and the neurotransmitters that your gut produces. So if you want to get rid of that uncomfortable bloating, embarrassing gas, leaky gut, all those issues that so many of us suffer from, you definitely want to get over to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. That's thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. Of course, we've got a hookup for you. If you use the code Luke15, you're going to save 15% off your entire order. That's thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. Check it out and have some happy digestion. man, I am buzzing to tell you about Beekeepers Naturals, you guys. Now, I've been into bee products for a really long time. And after I recorded and published episode 175 with Carly Stein, I got even more obsessed with bee products. Now, a lot of people think bees just make honey. Oh, that's nice. It tastes sweet and it comes in that little bear thing. No, dude. Bees make a whole suite of really potent superfoods. They're actually medicines in many countries. They're considered medicine, and I consider them that too. So you've got your propolis, you've got bee pollen, and of course the honey and the royal jelly. Now, Beekeepers Naturals, which to me is the number one most premier bee product company in the world, also make a product called Bee Powered, which combines all of those superfoods from the hive into one product, which is just absolutely insane. There's something you need to be aware of, though, when it comes to bee products is that even if you get, say, like a great honey that tastes delicious and it's labeled organic, it still could be tainted by pesticides like Roundup. It's called glyphosate. It's like one of the most gnarly pesticides in the world. Monsanto, you are evil. Shame on you. Why are you putting this stuff all over the planet? Anyway, I digress. Here's the deal, though. You can label a bee product organic, but that doesn't mean that your bees from your hive aren't going down the road and like picking up a bunch of glyphosate and bringing it back into your hives. So you want to only use bee products from a company you can trust. And Beekeepers Naturals is one such company because not only is their whole process organic, 
and really kind to the environment and to the bees, which is really important. But they test for all contaminants and poisons and pesticides using a third-party verified lab. So you know that you're getting a pure, safe, and very effective product from beekeepersnaturals.com. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com, use the code LIFESTYLIST, and save 15% off your order. time to open your heart and open your mind for episode 293, Healing Humanity from Within, Racial Unity and Shamanism, featuring second-time guest Dr. Marie M. Booney. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, at Luke's Story, so you can watch interviews just like this one as they happen in real time behind the scenes. That's at Luke's Story on Instagram. The episode you're about to participate in is more of a ceremony than an interview. We begin with a shamanic prayer and song which rocked me to my core. Those of you watching the video will see the moment my heart cracked open. It was powerful, and it just got better and deeper from there. This was, in fact, one of the most meaningful and profound conversations I've ever had on the show, and at this point, I've had over 300 of them. So you are in for an enlightening experience and definitely one that deserves to be shared far and wide. So please take a moment to text this episode to a couple friends and post it to your social media if you feel so inspired. Our guest, Dr. Marie M. Booney, is the founder of Heart Leadership and the Super Creator Method. She's also a leading expert on helping high-performing business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and creatives get reconnected and centered in order to achieve unprecedented levels of performance, alignment, and joy. Marie is available to partner as a guide and coach with conscious entrepreneurs, business owners, creative visionaries, and evolutionary leaders wanting to step into their greatness, creativity, magnetic power, and purpose so that they can lead from a place of heart-centeredness and deep intuition in order to experience lasting and holistic success. As the social unrest unfolded over the past couple months, I've done a lot of soul-searching and contemplation on the cultural pain body with which we are now squarely faced. It's so clear that humanity is in dire need of healing. The powers that be seem hell-bent on creating more racial and political division, and many are taking the bait and devolving into tribal warfare. As I've watched this unfold, I've become more and more aware that the solution to all of this suffering is in discovering the truth about who we are as individuals and as one human race. We are spiritual beings having a brief life experience in bodies. On the level of spirit, there is no separation between each of us. The challenge is in helping those entrapped by the illusion of separateness and the fear that that experience creates to realize our shared consciousness and unity. When it comes to having a voice in the public square of social media, I'm someone who prefers to act with logic rather than emotion. And for this reason, I tend to withdraw from conflict and social upheavals until I can approach those situations with a patient and level head. As part of my personal goal of integrity, I do my best to say what I mean and mean what I say. So in delicate matters of the heart, I choose my words and the timing of their delivery very carefully. As much as I deeply care about people, politics, social justice, and environmental causes, the intention and purpose of this show has always been about spirituality, personal development, mental and physical health, and building the ultimate lifestyle. For this reason, I tend to leave the societal and cultural topics to folks who have platforms and brands based on that type of content and to those most knowledgeable about them. However, as I've watched our American way of life crumble before our eyes during this pandemic and felt the suffering of so many fellow humans, I was sure that there was a spiritual answer to the challenges we currently face and that true lasting change must take place on the quantum realm of energy before it can manifest here on the physical plane of matter. 
So when I searched my heart for the perfect guest to help bring the most powerful and deepest perspective, I was reminded of my previous episode with Marie and the profound impact being in her presence had on me. And that, my friends, is why I chose to have this particular conversation with her. Additionally, many people don't realize that these interviews are often recorded two to three months in advance of the time that they're published, and as a result, sometimes current events are not addressed in a timely fashion. This was the case with COVID. I gathered information and did my research, and when I felt I could make a useful contribution to the listeners, I hosted a few key guests to address that topic. Now, the lines of health and politics are certainly blurred with COVID, but I've maintained my position on exposing the obvious detriments to our physical health posed by the future possibility of forced vaccines and to our mental health caused by social isolation and the impending financial destruction of the world economy as a result of this authoritarian lockdown. While I strongly believe in maintaining the stated purpose of this podcast, I did feel called to address some of our current societal challenges from a perspective of spiritual evolution. And trust me when I say our guest Marie did not disappoint. Here are but a few of the topics covered in this heart-opening healing ceremony with Dr. Mbuni. What it was like for Marie to grow up in Cameroon, Africa. The incredible story of her being introduced to shamanism at 14 years old by an aboga ceremony. Why Marie quit her medical career after 20 years to follow her dharma as a healer and shaman. Her personal experience with current racial tension and her surprising views on cultural appropriation. Why she believes there's no single right way to do social activism and that many people make their contribution outside of the public eye or social media. How by identifying as our true nature and oneness and equality, we can escape the trap of self-identifying as our egoic self-perception of race, gender, age, and body. How to bring about harmony and peace without feeding into the illusion of separateness or denying other suffering. How we can each do our own inner healing and shadow work in order to raise the collective consciousness of the world at large. Why unconditional love for self and other is the answer to all inner and collective human issues. And why putting your focus on unconditional love is not spiritual bypass. How to bravely face and acknowledge issues like inequality, racism, and abuse of power, yet not get swept up in the futility of negative energy and anger. Marie's take on political correctness and cancel culture. Exploring virtue signaling, approval seeking, and subconscious collective guilt. How she uses shamanic ceremonies and plant medicines to bring about planetary healing during these challenging times. The role shamanism and plant medicines have in ushering in a new paradigm of human consciousness. And finally, the potential risks of plant medicine use and how to practice prudence and discernment if you should choose to participate in ceremony. And that, my friends, is just a taste of the powerful soul medicine that is Dr. Marie Mbuni. Enjoy this heart-opening transmission, and remember to share it with someone who could use some healing. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, Marie. Thank you so much, Luke. I'm so excited. Uh, I've been actually waiting for this. I think I contacted you once or twice, like, hey, when are we going to hang out? I'm so glad we had the opportunity. Yeah, we recorded our last episode, which I think was 245 for those listening. Uh, And we talked about during that interview, we got to do this again. And that's like over a year ago or something, I think. Right. Yeah. And then you were out of the country, I think, for a time. And, you know, now is the perfect time. So I'm really glad to see you. 
I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked because I was looking at, I think, your new website. It looks like it's been redesigned since I last looked at it. Yeah, I actually, it went live about a couple weeks ago. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's absolutely beautiful. And so I was like, oh, she's really stepping into this now. And so it's a perfect time to bring you on the show. Thank you. So what I think would be fun, Mm -hmm. I saw that you brought your drum. And uh, I know you have your medicine and I thought Mm -hmm. it could be cool to perhaps start the show with a little guided journey of your choice. If you want to take us through any length of a mini ceremony, Mm -hmm. prayer, meditation, whatever you want to call it, however you want to do it. That's beautiful. Yes, the drum wanted to come. It's, It's an absolutely beautiful drum for people who can see uh, and... I will guide us through a drum journey um, where I'm going to call the directions. It's a, um, a method of coming into sacred place, sacred space that many cultures use, many native cultures use, where you call all the directions, the elements, the ancestors. So I'm going to take us through that so that all this episode is going to be a ceremony. I love it. Awesome. So for people who are listening, um, if you're driving, make sure you keep your eyes open or maybe you pull over because the drum, the, the drum can take you into altered state of consciousness because the repetitive pattern that I'm going to play actually works on the reticular activating system, that part of the brain that keeps you awake and aware and it shuts it down. So you might find yourself without knowing in altered state. So you want to make sure that you're sitting, you're comfortable. Maybe you can close your eyes uh, during this. It's not going to be long, maybe five minutes. It might seem like it's very long. Take us away. All right. Ho ya ya ho ya hey ya ho ya hey ya ho ya hey ya ho yeah hey ya hey ya ho hey hey ya hey ya ho Hey ya, hey ya, ho. Hey ya, ho, hey ya, ho, hey ya, hey ya, ho. Eastern Gateway. I call on the east, home of the rising sun. I call on the wind. To bring us illumination, clarity, wisdom, discernment. I call on eagle, condor, hawk to be with us in this beautiful podcast episode. I call on the south, element of fire 
The fire of transmutation. The fire of transformation. I call on the energies of the fire to be with us and teach us how to burn away anything that doesn't serve with ease and grace. I call on snake medicine, snake medicine, grandfather, grandmother, snake, serpent to teach us how to shed any skin that is too small for us in one fluid motion. I call on the West, the waters, water element, the oceans, lakes, seas, waterfalls, rivers, ponds. I call on the rains. I call on our own sweat. I call on our tears. I call on our tears, our sweat, to be with us and to teach us how to go within. I call on Black Panther, Black Jaguar, to teach us how to integrate our shadow. I call on the North element of earth. I call on the ancestors of this land of California and the ancestors of any place you are listening to in the world. I call on the wisdom of those who have come before us. I call on the wisdom of the earth, all that has lived, all that has died, all that has transformed into nourishing soil. I call, I call on Owl to teach us how to see 360 degrees. I call on the great below, the great mother. I call on the great mother, Pachamama, our beautiful blue planet, to teach us how to love, teach us patience, teach us how to love and how to hold. I call on the great above, Pachatata, Fais Gather, the masculine principle, the arrow in all of us. I call on the star people. I call on galactic councils. I call on angelic beings and our own higher selves and our own hearts. May our hearts open. May our hearts open to receive the message of this podcast, the message being broadcast today. May all of us heal from the words that we are receiving today. Bring your awareness to your breath. Breathing in through your nose. Breathing out through your mouth. Coming into presence into this moment right now aho hmm. 
just letting this energy circulate in your body, feeling your body, feeling your presence, who you are at the core. Receiving the healing that's happening right now. And with your next breath, inhale deeply. Exhale everything with sound. And gently open your eyes when you're ready. Well, that has to be the most profound way I think I've ever opened a podcast. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. What a great way to set the tone. This podcast is a ceremony. You know, when you invited me and what you've been doing these months, you know, showing up to, to stand for humanity, I feel that. And this is what it's about. It's a ceremony and we're standing up for humanity. Yeah. It's funny, I find myself in this moment uh, (laughs) having an experience that's somewhat common for me and that is in itself ironic because essentially what I do for a living is talk. Right. And then listen to people talk, Mm -hmm. of course. And um, there are some experiences that are beyond words, Mm -hmm. you know, and often the transmission is just experienced and felt through presence. Mm -hmm. And it's, I find myself now, I just want to sit here and (laughs) bask, bask in the beautiful energy that you've channeled into the room. You know, it's like everything I wanted to say seems like, we don't need to even say it, just be it, you know, but at the same time, uh, mm. I guess we're beholden to, uh, to say something. So, um, I just, it's incredible when you started singing, I just, oh my God, my heart just, mm. just exploded with, a a knowingness of familiarity. Mm-hmm. It's such a, it's such a great experience to be able to be aware of. That you that you know something, even though consciously you don't. Right. You know, it's just oh yeah, I've been here before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that one of the great mysteries of being incarnated? Where some of us, at least myself, I mean, I've had a few experiences in which past lives were revealed in some sense, mm-hmm. uh, but we're sort of gifted with and in a sense cursed with amnesia when we're born in each in each body and yes nature hasn't really designed us to have the tactile relationship with those many many pasts that we've had it just kind of plops us into this one and we have the opportunity to karmically (laughs) learn whatever there is within this span of one lifetime and then move on you know um as you were talking and as i was looking at you 
you know, I remember that the reason we are here as humans is to be. And beingness can only be felt. It cannot be thought. It cannot be imagined. It can only be felt. And, you know, with what's happening with, you know, the pandemic, the racial unrest, we have forgotten to be. So it's, I'm so happy that you uh, allowed this to be a ceremony where the first thing we did was to come into beingness, to come into presence. Because when we're present, we are aware. And where we are aware, well, the sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're so awesome. I remember when I first met you. It's, you know, we were at the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs conference. Yeah. And uh, I was doing a bunch of interviews there. And there were a lot of, I mean, within the context of that scene, there were a lot of famous speakers and things like that. And I was, you know, doing my best to track down all of the big names and things like that. And then I think we, maybe we were outdoors and I forget if someone introduced us or if we just ran into one another. But, um, but I remember the moment I met you thinking, I, I, I can tell you what you happened. Do? Well, you do? Cause my so, memory is a so little. So what happened was, um, you know, you were interviewing all these people and I was sitting there with a friend who was going to be interviewed by you. And, as I was sitting there, I started connecting with you energetically. And after that friend was done, I just, you know, after we were introduced, I said, you should interview me. Oh, you did? That's funny. <laughs> I don't remember you recommending it. And I was but, like, you know, I'm right here. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. You know, it's funny. And, and then you were like, yeah, I've been thinking that. I mean, because we instantly yeah. connected. Yeah. But yeah, that's what happened. I was like, you should interview me. Was it Daniel Raphael? It was Daniel. Oh, we just spoke yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he's in Costa Rica. Yeah. We had a talk on the phone and his, uh, there's this time delay. We're talking on signals. So it, was a, <laughs> it was the weirdest conversation because I'm like, did you hear what I just said? And then, you know, it's very delayed. But anyway, right. yeah, that's right. We were outside. Yeah. yeah I, I just remember, you know, of course, like, I, I don't always interview people that are the main speaker at a conference or something, but I'm, you know, I'm intentional about the the way that I book the show and stuff. But yeah, I just remember looking in your eyes and I was like, oh, she gets it. She's awake. Yeah. That's the sense that I get with and, some people. And we had like a wordless conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we just went for it. Like we didn't even know what we were going to talk about. Yeah. It was so fun. Oh man, that's great. Well, we're about to do it today. And I know a little bit about what we're going to talk about. Mm, um, I don't. But yeah, that's cool. the way I like it. Every yeah. once in a while, a guest would be like, send me the questions. Oh, and I no. go, I'm like, no, nah, man, that'll ruin the spontaneity. Yeah. I don't even really want to know what the questions are because yeah. they often change. Um, but I, I, I do think your origin story is fascinating and it's something we didn't get to mm -hmm. delve too deeply into. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just actually personally very curious about what it was like to grow up uh, mm, in, in Africa. Cameroon. Yeah, in Cameroon. Yeah. You know, what it was like for you to to grow up, what was you know, what was your surroundings, the culture like? Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me that you were exposed to shamanism at a really mm -hmm. uh, early age, as well as um, Iboga, I think, was yeah. in the story there. Yeah. And then you eventually ended up migrating to the States and becoming an MD. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like a fascinating journey. Now, there's so much more that I want to talk about, but I would like to just give the audience and myself a sense of 
of, of your origins and how you ended yeah. up where you are right now. Wow. So um, pretty rich story um, because of so many different pieces. I, like I said, I was born in Cameroon, Africa. Uh, Yaoundé is the capital city. That's my hometown. Uh, like about 2.8 million people. Um, and it was, it had two faces, you know, when I was a kid. Um, it was very patriarchal and yet very progressive. And by that, I mean um, the school system, um, you know, education was really great. However, if you were a girl or a woman, you were supposed to, you know, marry a guy and bear children. Um, and, and since I was a kid, since I was seven, I knew that I wanted to be a doctor. And um, I had been told that, you know, girls don't do that. You shouldn't do that. And I was already a rebel. Uh, I'm an Aquarian. So, <laughs> so I did it anyway. And there's only um, one medical school. There was only one medical school that took 75 people every year because that was the capacity. So every year we people have to take an exam, like 10,000 people, and they take the top 75. You know, every high school and, you know, first year university, they take the exam. And and even if I had been told it would never happen, I did it anyway. And I went into medical school and I graduated and I started working. And what happened was that every day I had to prove myself as a doctor because I'm a woman. And after a while, I was like, I can't do this every day of my life. I went to medical school. I had the same training. I was top of my class anyway. So like, it's not just because you're, you know, of the masculine uh, gender that you're superior. So I decided to come to America. But coming back to the shamanism and the plant medicine, um, when I was a teenager, my mother had cancer, and um, she didn't want to. She didn't want to have surgery, and so she was going to the Iboga um, people to heal, and 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 she was taking Iboga. However, she couldn't hear what Iboga was saying, and. And she couldn't understand. And Iboga told her that she should get me because I will get it. So I was 14 the first time I did Iboga. And for those who have taken Iboga, it's indescribable. It's, um, I, I don't know how much I can say here. But anyway, it was a profound experience. And I was shown the medicine. I was shown exactly where to get it, the plants, how to prepare them. And my mother took them and, and, and she healed. Like she didn't have surgery. She didn't. Um, and, and so that's, and that happened. The healing of my mother happened in the span of three months. 
So I was uh, taking Iboga every weekend, three days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, I had to come out of school for three months. Wow. And and wow. and the the I don't even know. It's because my if my mother hadn't been sick, I don't think I could have ever because it really doesn't taste good. And it's so anyway. Um, and I already knew uh, before that that I had spiritual gifts. I was just you know hiding them, and and that spending that much time with Iboga absolutely opened me up and coded me. I could hear people's thoughts. I could. It was incredible, and and I was only fourteen. So, what I did was push it back down after my mom was healed because it was just a lot. When you, I'm curious. You know, I always <laughs> like the the picturesque details of these stories. So, yeah. So you're living in a city of two plus million people. Yes. And. When you, when you would go have these experiences with these shaman, would you go out to the countryside? Or yes, was this, yes. Ah, so okay. so I was I'm a city girl. I was born in the city, um, and the the shamans were, hmm, if I take miles because we used a metric system, maybe like ten miles out of the city, not too far but out. So it was, um, you know, this place with a lot of nature, a lot of trees, um, a big, uh, it wasn't really like a house. It was like a, a hall type, like a ceremony type of place that was really open and people could sit with the medicine. And, and there was, um, uh, the outside also had a lot of uh, places where people could sit, and um, and I remember the first time that um, I went there, I was so afraid because I, I actually didn't know what it was. Like I, you know, um, my parents, like my stepdad was a diplomat. I was in international school, so I didn't really like no, like I wasn't going to villages and I, di I didn't know that. I didn't know my grandmother was Catholic. Um, I didn't really like going to church, so <laughs> I wasn't going. So I didn't know any of this. And however, because my mother had heard that people can heal with plant medicine, that's why she went there. And the first time that I um, was served, I remember there was a, a mat, some type of mat, and I was sitting down and there was a plate of iboga, like the bark of a tree. This is not like water or it's not liquid. It's like the bark of a tree that's bitter, that you have to chew and swallow. That's intense. And, and, and the shaman <laughs> was sitting uh, in front of me and he would feed me a spoon of this raw, dusty bark thing to chew and swallow. It was like, I don't know, more than 10 spoons of this thing. And the first night, 
um, the first time that it happened, you know, I, I was like, I thought I would, you know, um, not keep it down. However, every time it happened, I would think about my mother who really needed me. And, um, and when the journey came, it, it literally was like, I still remember it until today. It was like, like, like a light bubble was flipped on. It was literally like I was this way and then it was like click and then like, like everything was different. And, and I found myself, I, I mean, I went with the goal of finding medicine for my mother and the first vision I had, I was with um, my brother that I had never met. My brother passed away as a baby before I was born. And, and I was with him. And I knew that it was him, even if I had never seen him. And we started talking. And then after that, I was with my great-grandmother who had passed away three years before that. Like that is like the opening scene. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and so, and then, you know, um, benevolent beings is what I'm going to call that took me, um, like they showed me where there was a specific, um, there were like three plants. Uh, and remember, I didn't know plants because I was a city girl, but they, they showed me like, when you're done with this, you're going to go here, you're going to turn left and you're going to go down. Um, like there was a, it was in the in a village, so it wasn't paved. It was like going down like a ravine type of thing. And, and, and you're going to find this, and this is what it looks like, and it's right here. And you're going to take the leaves this way, and you're also going to take that. And then you're going to boil this for this long, and you're going to mix this like, like that. Wow. That's and incredible. I didn't forget anything. So, so when when uh, the medicine was over, I was just like, "Oh, I have to go," you know, to this place. And my mother was like, "Where are you going? Are you okay? Are you, you know?" And it was like, "No, I have to go get this medicine." And I just like, I just knew I had never been into, you know, to that place, and I knew exactly where to go and what to get and how to take care of it. So that was. Like my first. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so. <laughs> it's just, I love these, <laughs> these kind of stories that step outside of our limited dimensional awareness. Yeah. I think that's one of the most powerful things about not only plant medicines, but other modalities that have been discovered that. Yeah. enable you to access those different planes of awareness and information and entities and all of that, which at one point in my life I would have thought was completely insane because it wasn't empirical and tangible and 
that you know, tangible word. Wasn't intellectually, you know, the 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 yeah. domain of the intellect caps out at a certain level. It does, you know, and so if you're in that level, anything beyond that level seems impossible mm-hmm. because they're in two completely different paradigms. You know, I always think of it as mm-hmm. trying to explain sky to a fish. Right. It's just. Well, except for perhaps a flying fish. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can explain sky to a fish and they just go, what? You're insane. That doesn't exist. It's just all wet. This is it, you know? Yeah. So that and must have been... So so when you went and got this medicine then and, and prepared it, was this part of your mom's protocol? Yes, it was ah. It was my mom's protocol and it was very wow. detailed. And, 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 and what's even... What was... It's like I knew, I didn't forget anything. It was like it was imprinted. I knew what to do, how much to give. Like I didn't forget. It wasn't like I had a dream and it was like, it was online. I I think that's that's how I can describe that. Mm. But I wanted to comment on, you know, what you said a little bit about, um, you know, the intellectual capacity and the limitation. Um, I think that things are changing. Things are changing because, you know, depending on what you do, you can augment, I'm going to use AI terms, you can augment yourself. You can augment your reality. Like, look at what we had with this drum journey. I mean, boom, right? experiential experiential things are what really expand you and your intellect because then you understand that the tools that you need to prove whatever you think you need to prove are what limits limit you because if if you're using technology that's like aged or antiquated to try to prove something. I mean, it's not going to work. It's like a computer, you know, the memory that you have, the RAM, the capacity, the processors, that's what allows you to, you know, do as many ones and zeros as you need. If you have a small computer, all your memory is taken up by, you know, hundred applications running. I mean, you're not going to be computing, right? So anyway, um, I don't even remember what the question was. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> Trust uh, me. Um, so, so I mean, there's so many. There's I, at the same time. While I want to explore your past because it's so fascinating, I think we could do a ten hour show just on that. Um, there are so many current events that I want to really dive into with you as well. But you know, that being your beginning, so you're the city girl, and because yeah. of this, you know seemingly insurmountable challenge of your mom's illness with the cancer. You're then led into these experiences with the uboga. Uh, you learn how to develop these herbal uh, preparations, etc. Your mom heals. Uh, and then, as you said earlier, you started, you were aware of some of these spiritual gifts and these awakenings, but because you had other plans or it wasn't socially acceptable or whatever so, reason you started to kind of suppress them. What it was, was that, um, you know, after noticing that, um, I just started noticing that everybody was not like me. 
uh, I would go to school <laughs> and, you know, people would talk and I would know, you know, what they wanted to say, even if they didn't say anything, uh, my intuition. Um, and, and I started noticing that, oh, everybody's not, I thought that's how humans are. I thought everybody was like that until I realized that, oh, you know, some people are not like that. And, and I wanted to belong. I, I, and I thought that in order to belong, and I thought this for a long time, in order to belong, I had to be exactly like everybody else. That's why I started, you know, pretending and hiding my gifts and suppressing. And, and then I went into medical school and, you know, I was the scientist I was that person, uh, you know, I became that person who was laughing at people who had crystals. Like, you know, what is that, right? <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. That's how much I suppressed wow. that part of me. And then, um, so as I was saying, after working as a doctor in Cameroon for a few months, and, and, you know, meeting resistance because I was a woman, I decided to come to America where I did my residency in anesthesiology. Um, and uh, I love anesthesiology because it's like, I mean, you're your own like Jedi. You do what you want, how you want it. And in 2012, something happened. I couldn't hide anymore. It's how I'm going to put it. It was like spiritual pressure. Um, I would I would see people and then I would start channeling without wanting to. Like people's ancestors who had like maybe passed away would be like, tell him he should give the family name, you know, and people that I didn't know. And I would be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I have to tell you the, this message. And... It happened the first time. It was at Awesomeness Fest, A-Fest, and uh, like, you know, big conference thing. Um, and it was happening. And that's when I was like, okay, this, I have to take control of, like, I can't, because I was stopping it. It was just, it was coming out in, when I didn't want it, like, you know, when somebody's bottled up, something is bottled up and just explodes. And so that's when I started um, the journey to accepting myself <laughs> as a shaman. <laughs> but yeah, I did not want to be that person. And so as I started that journey, um, I started noticing that I was the only one who thought I was hiding. Like everybody else could see, but me. And it's, you know, uh, in my uh, hospital, uh, when I was bringing my patients from surgery, the nurses would always be like, oh, I'll take your patient, I'll take your patient. And I, and I thought they, they were taking everybody's patient, that they were just being polite. And, and then one day I was walking back from the operating room with, you know, very uh, sick patient. And there was another person who had a very easy, like young guy and nobody even looked at him. And the nurses were like, I take my, 
I'll take your patient. And I thought, this is... So I went back to the nurses and I said, why do you always want to get my patients? And they said, your patients wake up without pain. And, and they're very polite. Even when they have pain, they ask politely and they calm and they wake up with a smile. Um, and I also started noticing that, you know, when somebody was having a hard time, they, they would, oh, call Dr. Mbuni. She'll call them down. She's the verbal Xanax. Like people could feel, <laughs> that was my name. I, the, can, I can sense that. The verbal yeah. Xanax. Like, so, so what it made me realize was that people could feel something. And, and so me trying to hide it really wasn't that successful. And, and so, and, and plus I, I couldn't hide it anymore. I couldn't. So I decided to start my studies um, uh, into shamanism and energy. And, um, and then I came out. I actually called it, I'm coming out. I'm coming out as spiritual. I said that in my hospital, I'm coming out. A spiritual. And I started, um, you know, with my patients, when I put them to sleep, I took them on mini journeys. Uh, really? I meditate, yeah, I meditate. I never, wow. I stopped saying, oh, count from 100 to like 99. Like, no, it was just like, yeah, you know, we kind of go on a little journey. And, 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 and people were like, yeah. And I was like, do you want a meditation before you go to sleep? Yes. I started bridging, you know, in a gentle way, uh, like just being me, just being me, using all of me because I'm spiritual, I'm energetic, I'm physical. I'm, and I was like no more compartmentalizing myself. I was done with that. I had done it for a long time. So... That's really inspiring. I know a lot of people, including myself, um, have a really hard time embracing those parts of themselves, you know, mm. and finding their calling, finding their dharma, mm. and even ha- in having it revealed, you know, is one thing, but then to start moving into it, into the unknown of like, is this going to work? How does this become a career? You yeah. know, like, all oh. of that. I know that I've struggled with that a lot and I've interviewed a lot of people um, that had prior careers and lives and then kind of came out, as you said, or transitioned into um, one in which they're sharing metaphysical gifts, spiritual mm-hmm. gifts, and mm-hmm. you know how to figure out how to ethically and with integrity create a business out of that that feels good and not weird and cheesy and it's mm-hmm. it's a tricky one, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and and that's that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I stopped uh, working as an anesthesiologist uh, last April. Good for you. Yeah, and uh, thank you. I mean, I'm bummed though because if I ever have surgery, I'm gonna. No, I, I want to bring I, I you still, out of I retirement. Still, I still have I still have my license. <laughs> okay, good. It, it was about. It was really about acknowledging that I am doing this. Because if I was still doing it, then I could be like, eh, you know, I'm tired today or whatever. But it was like, no, this is what I'm doing. And I want to give myself the time, the chance 
to really do this. And, you know, you were talking about business and, you know, metaphysical or spiritual business not being cheesy or whatever. And, and what it is, is that people feel the integrity. And integrity comes from authenticity. Like not trying to repeat or copy or pretend. Like really using your gifts that are yours. Because what happens sometimes with spiritual people is, you know, they, they want to have a business and then they see something that they think worked that somebody else did. And then they're doing the same thing. And people can feel like that's not your gift, right? And you feel it too. So, so you come out as totally fake. And, and it also comes from, you know, uh, separation, judgment, label, uh, that one is good, that one is bad. However, you don't even know. So what I know for sure is that, and I think we were talking a little bit about that, you know, when you talked about when we come to earth and we have the karmic things we need to do, everybody comes here for a reason. And, and you learn lessons, you get gifts from those things and your gifts are here to be shared, yours, not mine. And, and what happens is, you know, in our society, it's so easy to belittle our own gifts and be like, oh, I only know how to sing. Like, well, do you know how many people would love to learn how to sing in a spiritual way? I mean, you don't know. And and what we do when we 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 really accept and and harness our spiritual gifts, it's it's like um you know breadcrumbs that you leave for other people because we're here to show the way. And then the people who are like you who are here to learn the same lessons they can follow your footsteps. They, they can follow the breadcrumbs. They, you know, they, they have hope. They're inspired. They, that's what it is about. And yes, it can be monetized. And, and, and I hope it is monetized because, you know, abundance. I mean, the universe is abundant. And, and I think that it, it is our responsibility to share our gifts and so that you can bring people to presence so they can really say yes or no. I'm passionate about this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, it's important, man, because I think that um, so many of us struggle in finding what our unique gift is. And, and when we do, and speaking again from my own personal experience, I worked in the fashion industry for a long time and... Mm-hmm. I just kind of fell into it and it was fun and creative and it was fine, at least for 17 years. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and then at a certain point, meanwhile, I'm having conversations like this and yeah. into all the stuff that I'm still into kind of in my private life. And at a certain point, it just became unbearable to do anything other than that. Um, but it has been, um, it has been challenging at times to really yeah. take ownership of, of my gifts and yeah. And not to hide out because yeah. even though I'm in this career now, I can still hide out in the more superficial type of content and, yeah. and things like that uh, in a sense, you know. And I think when you're talking about that, 
genuineness and authenticity mm-hmm. of a teacher that's truly embodied and is in an original way manifesting, cultivating, and demonstrating and teaching their unique gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when you see others that are perhaps hmm, for a lack of experience or, 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 or depth coming off as kind of um, shallow, mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, that brings up a fear of being seen like that. Ah, you see what I mean? I so, get it. so I'll look at maybe yeah. someone a bit younger who is, I'm sensing that hasn't been on the path that long and, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps hasn't really dug into that shadow work and yeah. really, you know, gone to the depths of hell and back. Like I think I have, Yeah, uh, it sounds like you have to a degree yeah. too. Um, that oh, I have. I'll have a judgment on them and I'll be like, oh shit, I never want anyone to look at me like that, mm-hmm. which is all still the same ego game, right? Of, of wanting people's approval or being afraid of how you're perceived publicly and if you're respected or taken mm-hmm. seriously. And I think these are the traps that are really important to illuminate because yeah. whether you're a spiritual teacher or you're the best bricklayer in the world, to this neglect is... that out of other people's perceived judgment or yeah. future judgment is, is really like an, a prison that we put ourselves in, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I'm so happy that you brought that up and, and you use the word judgment judgment really comes from our perceptions and our beliefs and the agreements that we make with ourselves. I don't want to be seen as, but somebody else could look at that and think, wow, this is incredible. So what agreements do we have with ourselves? What prisons do we put ourselves in? What labels do we give ourselves? And and here's the thing, which is that um, I don't think that, mm, you know, the word ego has been used so many different ways and, and being made the bad guy, right? However, we, we need to have an ego to have an individuation. And also we need to let go of it to have like interconnectedness and oneness. And, and so your ego, your uniqueness. However, there's this real, this real thing about how we come out as. And, and I think that I have, I have a question, which is, how do you want to show up instead of how do I come off as? Mm, that's good. How, how do you want to show up? Because it's, it's never really about being perfect. Because we always have room to grow. I don't know about you. It's like when you arrive somewhere, it's like, oh, there's more to do, right? Like we never done. So it is about showing up your best, showing up in, in the best way possible with what you know, what you have, what you see, what you feel. The job is to be connected to yourself, to be aware of yourself, to know um, that, uh uh-oh, I'm I'm going into the ego now. Okay, let's veer back. Because nobody's ever really completely done, right? 
we fluctuate, it's, we change, we move, we dance. Like even the universe is like that. Nothing is static. Like, oh, I'm at this level now and I'm just staying here. Even our levels of consciousness, you know, you go high, you come low, you dance and you go back. And it is our awareness. Like, what do you do to really be self-aware? To notice that, okay, I said I'm going to show up this way. However, hmm, it's not happening. What's going on? What are the fears that are making me act this way? Uh, what do I not want to see? Who do I not want to be? Right? You ask those questions and then, and then you're going to have an answer. And for example, you know, about the young uh, people who, sh- you know, like maybe who haven't done, I'm just taking what you said, paraphrasing you here, uh, who haven't done enough work and show up as shallow. Um, that's how they show up to certain people. However, there might be other people who are so shallow. Their shallowness is their depth. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Like their shallowness is like their depth, right? right? So it's it's this, um, you know, releasing judgment and, and, and just notice like, wow, okay, that was pretty shallow. And like, hey, that's where they are. That's and, such a good point. And, and not yeah. make it mean anything about them because they're probably trying their best. And, and, and somebody is probably just waking up and be like, whoa, that was profound. Right. right. Well, you know, that reminds me of <laughs> on my journey of 24 years or so since my initial awakening. Yeah. Uh, that there have been so many different teachers or books or teachings or modalities or systems that have met me at a certain level on that yeah. ascension that right. were just mind-blowing, just paradigm-shifting, completely altered my entire world. Yeah, And I work with that for work with them or that or whatever it is for a period of time. And then that just seems to become integrated. And then and then you, you and then, go to uh, the next. Yeah, and then years <laughs> later, I look back and I'm like, that was basic. You know what I mean? I'm like, that book? <laughs> What you know? Right. I mean, even I remember when I first read The Power of Now. I was just like, "Oh my God, you're not your mind." What <laughs> you know? There's a now. What is a now? You know, it was so revolutionary. Where right. and I'm not saying you know, well, I'm at Eckhart Tolle level now or something. But you know, I read that book now. I'm like, well, duh. Oh, of course, obviously, right? you know, <laughs> because there's been so much integration in life experience yeah. since that initial contact with that particular teaching. In mm-hmm. other words, like maybe yeah. I was kind of looking up at that particular vantage point and then through the work and commitment and surrender and God's grace, Mm -hmm. you're given a higher vantage point, higher, not being better Mm -hmm. without that judgment, but just, you know, what we'd say a higher level of consciousness. So it's, it's fascinating. And that's what keeps it interesting to me too. Yeah. Because as you said, there's always more to learn. So just, just when I arrive at a place where like, all right, I pretty much have my framework for reality <laughs> oh, in place. Oh, you know, you should never do <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, because it's going to be challenged. Oh my God. Yeah. I, <laughs> I recently, um, I have, and I have so much more I want to cover with you because we could go on forever on these tangents. Um, right. But I, I recently had a, I mean, completely earth shattering experience of uh, meeting the um, Bufo Alvarius toad. Mm medicine. And, um, I mean, 
<laughs> I can't even say anything about it. I've been wanting to do a podcast kind of about it or with some, you know, a shaman who works at that medicine or something. I'm just like, I can't say anything really for a while because it just yeah. annihilated so much of the fog yeah. and Maya and, um, you know, experiences like that, that my life seems to be punctuated by at different times, just mm-hmm. completely, you know, eclipse so many of my prior understandings right? and, and perceptions and ways of um, thinking about things. So that's yeah. how it works with consciousness, right? An ascension process is that it, it is an ascension. Because if you stop, you're not ascending. Yeah. 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 I notice in my case, if I stop growing, it it's not even that I get to stay at the same no, level. I start just... sliding backwards. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. It's like riding a bike uphill and you stop pedaling. You can't just stay no. in that spot. Yeah. You know? And 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 it's um you know, one thing that maybe, you know, many of the listeners uh have noticed, or maybe not, what happens when when you really are committed to the ascension path, I'm not saying being, um, uh, you know, I'm missing the word here, like really, you know, narrow-minded or all like, oh yeah. When you are committed, what happens is that as your consciousness changes and your energy field opens, you start having synchronicities, synchro destinies, experiences that all coalesce and and just come together to to give you the experience that you need to go to the next step, and 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 and, and it's just so beautiful. Like I laugh. Like if you know, if you hear me when even when I'm alone, sometimes I laugh out loud because you know, two weeks later, I'm like, ah. But of course, that's why that happened. And, and so really, um, and, and I'm going to do a parallel how we started this journey in going into presence and beingness. Because our job as humans, our spiritual purpose is to be who you are. That's your purpose. To be who you are, meaning everything, your gifts, your challenges, because your challenges, when you overcome them, you'll be able to teach someone else, like, hey, this is how it's, this is what I did and it helped me. Your purpose is to be you. That's so awesome. That could be, I think I already named this episode. (laughs) 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 That, That might take over the title. Your purpose is to be you. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, because yeah. in in all of your completeness and wholeness, yeah, yes. I, I like that because I think many of us think, well, my purpose is to uh, teach people how to, well, whatever you know, to 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 operate from one's higher self, right? And that that's the real you. And then, as you were saying, like the ego and all of this is sort of looked down upon as something that we have to transcend. That's not us, but in it, truth, it, is it really is all part of us. Even it, it our is, even our lower nature is still kind of tethered to at yes. least this earthly experience. Exactly, and and you know this uh, notion that the ego needs to be transcended is what brings a lot of spiritual bypassing, where um, 
you know, people don't want to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. They don't want to feel the anger. They want to transcend it. You cannot transcend if you don't feel. Anybody who is in metaphysics or energetics will let you know that. Like, you know, during my studies, like my studies with humans and my studies with non-humans, no way. You cannot transcend if you don't feel it. That's what transcendence means. It doesn't mean jumping over it. <laughs> <laughs> Going around Putting it. a bra. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Let's take a moment to talk about one of my all-time favorite products when it comes to health, strength, recovery, and longevity. It's the Antler Velvet from SirThrival.com. And just to be clear, this is not made from rhino horn or shark fan or anything weird like that. It's humanely sourced from elks. It's made in the USA. It helps with low iron, menstrual cramping, recovery, regeneration, and adaptation. It's also very collagen-rich, which supports your entire connective tissue matrix like stem cells and skin. It's an incredible ally for all types of physical activity from yoga to running, biking, and weightlifting. It also speeds up healing from injuries, athletic as well as surgical. It's truly a human makeover machine. It helps with oxygen uptake and utilization, and it's the closest thing you can get to a steroid in the natural world. You might have even caught wind of some of the scandals about professional athletes using this product to give themselves a competitive edge. Now, while Antler Velvet is not specifically banned by WADA, athletes are advised to use caution as it's so powerful that it may increase IGF-1 levels in blood plasma. This is a huge plus for those of us that aren't professional athletes and aren't regularly tested for things like steroids. So this elk antler product is an incredible way to tune and optimize your metabolism. Its immunoprotective properties based on recent research has demonstrated the ability of velvet antler to inhibit microbial and fungal growth by enhancing immunological function and suppressing inflammatory cytokines. Additionally, Macrophage and splenocycle activity has been shown to be increased by velvet antler supplementation. Let me give a simple breakdown of what all that sciency language means. This stuff is really good for you, and I take it all of the time. One of my favorite uses for the velvet antler is post-workout. This stuff is amazing for recovery, so I'd love for you to check it out. All you have to do to get your hands on some of this stuff is get over to surthrival.com. That's S-U-R-T-H-R-I-V-A-L. Surthrival, like survive and thrive. Surthrival.com. And we've got a sweet discount code for you. It's STYLE10, which saves you 10% off at surthrival.com. And now, back to the interview. As much as I love to just go into the depth here... Mm -hmm. And that's my favorite content to really produce is just having conversations that I would have whether there's a microphone off or not. Yeah. But right now, when it comes to being present, when it comes to facing uncomfortable Mm -hmm. truths about our life and the world at large, the moment at the time of this recording, because who knows when people are going to hear this, someone might listen to this 20 20 years from now, I hope. Yes. But at the moment of this recording, uh, the... The state of affairs in our world, Mm. and especially I think in this country where it's really culminating, 
is from one perspective, I mean, it's unprecedented in, in, in the amount of insanity going on right yes. now. Um, and also just the speed with which current events are moving, mm -hmm. it's dizzying and seemingly impossible to even keep up with. So starting with this, <laughs> what I've referred to as a pandemic, and we don't have to go into all of that because I've done many podcasts about it. Yeah. But when this mm. phenomenon, this medical phenomenon, let's just say, started to transpire and unfold, I really, as I do with everything, having a public platform, I really had to sit back, watch, wait, listen to all sides. It's just the way I operate. Yeah. Emotionally, I had a visceral reaction where I'm like, I want to form an opinion quickly and speak out and mm -hmm. fight for what I think is right and all this. But I've learned a little bit over the years, 49 of them now, that it's best sometimes to keep studying and gather information and use my own presence to go inside right. and arrive at my perception of truth at any given moment and mm -hmm. perhaps explore that with guests and on my own. Yeah. On the heels of that came this racial unrest that's unfolding in this country that, you know, obviously has been going on for a very long time and is now coming to a head equally with that situation, because there are so many elements to it. Mm -hmm. It's quite politicized. The media has a very strange role in it that I can't quite understand. Mm -hmm. um, I've been left a bit paused on really addressing it on the show. Mm -hmm. um, not in my own interpersonal life and inside my heart, but it's not something I've really talked about because it's almost impossible to keep up with everything that's going right. on. And I think that, um, well, I want to just ask you some questions and really listen, but it's been a little bit difficult for me mm -hmm. to get my head around because the experience that I come from mm -hmm in the many years of work that I've been doing and even just how I was raised, I just really see other people and myself as a soul. Right. And so while I'm aware to some degree, I mean, in this mm -hmm. lifetime, I'm in what you call a white body that has mm -hmm. a penis. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm a white male right now. Right. But when I look in the mirror, I'm not like, Luke, you're a white guy. You know what I mean? It's right. just like, I look into my eyes and I go, where are you at, dude? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see the real me and I see the real you. And so I think at times it's hard for me to address these issues because while I'm aware that people have different experiences in life, because not everyone views themselves and other people as souls walking around in a different color or different right. gender body. To me, I'm just like, what is wrong with everyone? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like what, my mission, you know, as it feels to me, is to eradicate anything and everything in my life that's not truth and that's mm. not love. And yeah. when it comes to injustice, when it comes to racism, when it comes to child abuse, when it comes to uh, yeah. violence, any of these ills that pervade yeah. humanity, my approach and my viewpoint is that those ills that one might call the evil at their core are a lack of love. Yes. And so my personal solution is 
what's missing here? Mm-hmm. We need more love. And yeah. we need me and anyone that I can influence to see themselves, not as, as their self-identity, as that egoic self of the shell of their vehicle, but right. who and what they really are. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my perspective. The challenge there, and I just, I can't wait to hear your take on this, is I realize that even though that's my perception of what the problem really is at its core and what the ultimate solution is, that communicating that in a way that doesn't negate other people's experience Mm -hmm. and the pain body collectively, ancestrally, globally, that people of color or any people that have been subjugated Mm -hmm. and exploited, how do I communicate that love is the answer without negating or neglecting to acknowledge that experience? Well, does that make sense? Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great it's a great question. I want to say something really quick here that you said, and it it just kind of went past. You talked about the truth being your compass. I don't know how you said it, but this is how I understood it. And truth is not corrupted. Truth is not skewed. Truth is actually the substance that makes the universe. It's mathematical. It's music. It's, it's one. It's zero. So as far as your question about how do you, how do you express your opinion without negating or neglecting other people's experiences, or perception of what you would say. And and the first thing that came to heart and to mind is that, um, you know, there was a moment in America where um, there was a pause. It was press pause. Black Lives Matter. That's how I look at it. Doesn't mean that nothing else matters. But at this moment, Black Lives Matter. And, and then it's like when you make a movie, you zoom in, you zoom out, you zoom in and you zoom out. And what I'm seeing and hearing from you is like the zooming out, like, okay, you know what? We are in this mess. How did it start? And what's the answer? Because I don't watch the news because it's just the same thing. And it doesn't mean... That's probably why you're so happy all the time. <laughs> there's, well, the key, there's the key to it all right there. But, you know, it's like I'm already aware, right? Like, you know, there's there's a field where, you know, we are aware of what's going on. And, and, and so when you look at what's going on, the injustice, the racial unrest. Right now, it's black people. Um, you know, next time it could be you know the brown people, the Mexican. Go back to you know we're going to build a wall. I mean, it's different things at different times. And what you're doing is asking the question: 
what's the root cause? Because what we're seeing are the consequences of something. Yeah. That's how yeah. I'm, un- I'm understanding. Like, they are the consequences of something that is so unspeakable, that is so ugly, that is so inhumane that no one talks about it. It's easier to say somebody was killed than to really look at what, what, what did we do? What are we doing? How are we treating these people on a day-to-day-to-day basis? Are we treating them as humans? So yes, you can talk every day about somebody being killed and showing it over and over, but what is it bringing into the conversation? And, and you know, Luke, I just want to say this. It is not possible to understand something that is painful, something that is inhumane. You know, like you, you cannot understand it with your, you can't understand it. That's why, you know, when you, you go deeper and, and you talk about love, because love is not just, love is an action verb. It's not just a noun. It's an action verb. And love has so many components because with love comes compassion. And when you have real compassion and you see yourself in somebody else, you're not going to put your knee on their neck. It's just not going to happen. You can still arrest them and put handcuffs and, you know, whatever, but you're not going to do that. When you have real compassion, you're not going to treat somebody as a subhuman, as a slave. And there's still slavery. You know, child slavery, women. This slavery with the black people happened hundreds of years ago. However, it has never been acknowledged. It has never been exposed. It has never been, um, you know, there hasn't been reparation. This is not about uh, trying to take it back like, oh, it didn't happen. Oh, we're sorry. We didn't mean to do it. No, you meant to do it. It did happen. But how do you repair by taking ownership and responsibility and saying, you know what? It happened. And... This is where we are. We're bringing reparation, you know, however it is done. Because when somebody feels harmed, hurt, and the perpetrator doesn't even acknowledge the possibility of being hurt, that's when you have devastation. Because if you hurt somebody and you say, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it, or, you know, whatever, the person's like, oh, okay, I forgive you. That's how it happens. And, and, and what we haven't seen up until now is that willingness to, to acknowledge, to repair, to, to own. Um, and, and of course, it wasn't you or me because we, we were not even like, we weren't here, right? We were not born yet. And, and so 
it, it becomes very tricky because some people could say, well, it happened so long ago. Why? But the wounds, the wounds that are carried by the parents I passed to the children and, and carried in society, carried in everyday life. That's why you need that reparation. And when you repair, healing happens. Healing actually means becoming whole. That's what it means. Because when you have this, you're not whole, you're fragmented, you fragmented, you, um, you know, like you, you don't feel like a human, you, you feel subhuman. And I'm not saying you feel like an animal because animals actually feel better. <laughs> I think many animals have it better off than <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. They don't have that prefrontal cortex torturing so, them in the way yeah. that we do. So, so, so to continue to answer you, um, you know, when we have this type of issues that are so divisive and so painful and, and that brings shame and, and, and also, um, you know, really wake people up because many people are like, oh, wow, I wasn't aware of this. Oh my gosh. The, uh, you know, people are starting to feel like, am I a jerk? Am I a, you know, because I didn't know. And, and it's like, it's not about that. Yes, awareness is important. However, putting yourself down because you were not aware is also not okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I, I think in this situation, as, as things have culminated into this kind of eruption of, of civil unrest, uh, I've observed a lot of people in my field, and again, yeah, a little, a little bit of judgment, perhaps, but just an observation. If I can just be clinical yeah. and objective about it, is there's, there's been this emergence of this kind of subconscious guilt and right and pandering and like um, virtue signaling and yeah, all of and this kind of stuff in it. It's it like, always <laughs> no, it's 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 you're doing you you're still doing it in in a different way. So what what's your take on that particular phenomenon? Have you I, observed I th- that? Yeah, I've, I've, that's why I'm 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 bringing it on. I've observed that you know people like you know, and it's um, it's really about really knowing what's driving you, meaning, um. Like, if you're feeling guilty, what's really that about? What's that about? You know, were you mean to somebody in high school and it's coming up? Like, what is that? Why do you feel guilty? Like, really connect to that. And that's what you share from an authentic place. Because that's what actually will empower other people to speak the truth. Not what you think you should do. You know, I should uh, talk about this and talk about my privilege or whatever. It's what, what does it actually accomplish? If it's about the awareness that there is injustice that we have been blind to. And this is what we're going to do. Then it's proactive, you know, it's, it's productive. It's, it's positive. It's lifting up, you know, this like putting the vibration down and 
um, being like, oh, mea culpa, mea culpa. You know, I have sinned. I've been so bad. No, use your power. Use your voice to say, you know what? Enough. Because you saying that you're guilty really doesn't help anyone. <laughs> that's that's a really good point. You know, looking at um, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of David Hawkins. At yes, all. Of, yeah. I love David Hawkins. So my I've, guy. I've, one of the the biggest lessons for me in life is his scale of consciousness. Oh, power versus force. Yeah, and you know how he create. Some say he borrowed some of it. Whatever, wherever it came from, the scale of consciousness to me is just so beautiful because. I mean, you've got these calibrated levels yeah. according to how much power those energy fields possess. Yeah. And at the very bottom of that scale is apathy. Yes. And then is, guilt. Yeah. And then guilt. Yes. And that's what I've been observing and, you know, looking at situations like this and any kind of, you yeah. know, social it's the worst. dis-ease is, is that <laughs> we've got to get out of that energy field. And, yeah. and that scale is always my point of reference. And as, as this situation has unfolded, you know, you see anger, mm-hmm. justifiable. Yeah, right? and anger is actually an uh, uh, an active energy. It's like anger, when it's channeled properly, is what can make you say, you know what, enough. Mm-hmm. Like you need, you need to feel that thing that says that this stops now. It comes after anger. But if you're guilty, you're just sitting there. You're not right. doing anything. Like that's just a little tiny above apathy. And, yeah. and you know, in, in that book, uh, uh, Power Versus Force, he talks about how if you're vibrating at 500, which is the vibration of love, one person vibrating at that level can shift the consciousness of 750 people. Just one. Well, this brings me back to that zoomed out perspective, as you said, and that's that's just the way I roll. Like yeah. I try to not get myopic about yeah. symptoms. I want to look at the cause and the cause right. makes me go yeah. way back. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets a little tricky addressing an issue like this is from that point of view. And I'm not saying I'm right, but from my perspective, the antidote to all cruelty and what we would deem as evil again, which under my definition would be a lack of love. Yeah. There's no such thing as evil. There's just, it's missing love yes. in a non-dualistic kind of way of looking at it. So if we want true power to change, mm-hmm. well, first the change has got to begin within. That's another part B, but part A is that I'm like, how do we get to level 500 as quickly as possible to get to that love, unconditional love? Mm. And what some people will hear if that's not the paradigm of reality that they operate in Mm -hmm. is that that is spiritual bypass and not acknowledging that we have a problem Mm. and that you're just, Oh, love and light. Like everyone love each other. No, that's not what you're saying. See, you remember when I said love is action, actually my medicine is love. Like that's what I work with. And I want to challenge anyone here to really say that they do love because what love is about is about loving the unlovable, loving the lost, loving the rejected, loving the one who has hurt you. That's real love. 
Not ha-ha love and light. Like, what's that? Love? Have you ever heard of fierce love, a mother's love? You know, that lifts a car because, a, you know, their kid is trapped under? That's love. How can you lift the car of this unconscious behavior that brings racism at this level? How can you lift up that car? That's love. Not love and light. That's what I'm talking about. How can you vibrate, you know, for for those who are not activists or who don't march or who, you know, you remember the Maharishi effect, which is when people of the same level of consciousness sit together and meditate, things change. They avoided wars with the Maharishi effect of consciousness. So there is something to do, like when you're sitting in your house, um, you know, maybe in judgment of, yeah, yeah, there goes Luke's story, you know, talking about love or whatever you're doing. Uh, just, just imagine, like, how could I change the world with my love? I actually had a challenge that I called Heart for Humanity, where I had people meditate five minutes a day with the vibration of their heart to change the world because it is possible. It is possible. And so, um, you know, the second, um, you know, the higher, uh, the vibration above love is joy. And joy is, is even, you know, more powerful. Like every time I feel really joyful, I send it you know, to the planet. And I was telling you a little earlier and I imagined the planet with, you know, new technologies and green technologies and soundless things. Like I constantly... <laughs> Quiet you, leaf blowers. <laughs> I love that invention, by the way. Let's manifest that. Yes, you know, um, <laughs> like these loud leaf blowers are like just de passe. This is 2020, come on. All those guys that are tech people who know how to you know, let's just eliminate, uh, you know, noise pollution. Um, but yeah, you know, when I meditate, I, I dream for the earth. I dream for the planet. And because I, I personally, um, you know, I didn't go march. I'm just, that's just not my thing. I'm more powerful energetically, right? So wherever you are, so when you, you, you know, you talk about your zoomed out perspective, you know, um, prefacing or, you know, having a premise like this is a zoomed out, you know, how, how do we, um, it's not that you want to run away from what's happening because that's what spiritual bypassing is. It's like, no, I know that this is happening. I'm just <laughs> like... Well, it's, oh, dude, this is so, this is so rich. I love that we're diving into this. You know, um, when all of this stuff started to unfold, I care. Of course. You know, I mean, I do know you. Yeah. Yeah. When I felt I had something to say, my message is the presence of evil is the absence of love. What we need here is more love. Mm -hmm. 
and I got a little bit of flack. And of course, like it was very little um, from people that would be characterized as Karens, perhaps, um, you know, as not wanting to face head on what we're going through as a species and, mm-hmm. and um, sort of uh, being accused of like spiritually bypassing or something. And I'm right. thinking, man, you know, people make so many suppositions and assumptions about what you're doing with your life and where you've been in your life. You know, it's yeah. like so, the past 24 years of my life have been deeply dedicated to going into the darkest, gnarliest shit yeah. of every nook and cranny of trauma and all of that stuff and bringing all of that to light yeah. within myself so that I do have the capacity to mm. actually bring my unconditional love mm. to the world. I receive your love. Thank you. You know. Thank you. Th- there's one thing I'm going to say, which is that every time you open your mouth or your brain to utter a thought, words, really notice where you're coming from. Because even thinking that somebody else is spiritual bypassing. Okay, let's say that they do that. And then you blowing them out of the water. Like, what is that? Like, if you really, like, if I think that you're suffering, like you, I'll be just like, hey, brother, you know, what's up? Like, I'll talk to you privately. I'll be like, hey, you know, are you okay? This is not the look I know. Like, why you know like what's going on like what i didn't really understand like give the person a chance to actually express you know that's why we we not expressed you know our self expression as a society is like zero we can't really say what we mean we don't mean what we say we're afraid to say what we want to like <sighs> Do you think that part of that tendency for us to reserve our truth is due to the um, cancel culture and political correctness and that sort of groupthink dominance and fear that is so prevalent now? It is, um, it is true that there is a paralysis happening. Um, and 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 it's really unfortunate uh because you know when the um you know the racial unrest started and you know some people were you know expressing how they felt at their level they got really like smacked and flack and just this like hate and anger it it wasn't even constructive and it got me thinking, like, were you just waiting for an opportunity to, like, take those people down? Like, what, like, can we, do we need to perpetrate to continue this separation, this division, this labeling, this judgment? Like, you know, if you're a tribe or you're friends and, and you see that somebody failed, by 
maybe saying something you don't think is appropriate. Is this how you treat them by just kicking them off the island? Like (laughs) what the Instagram island? (laughs) So 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 really, um, you know, notice how we appropriate, um, you know, what's going on for our own benefits to show up as if. You know, like we we better and 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 we we know better, and really look at that. Really look at that. Yeah. Look at at where you're coming from. Look at how's your heart. Is it really open? Because even when you want to give flack to someone, what kind of words are you using actually? Are they loving? Are they supportive? Are they constructive? Or do you just want to kill them? Well, that's a phenomenon that I've observed through this in the world of social media is... It's crazy. It's like... Is that I think most conscious people would like to, in whatever way they see appropriate and effective, elevate consciousness so that there's less hate in the world, right? Yeah. Many people in the social media realm are going about facilitating that end by hating the people that don't hate the other people enough. You know what but, I mean? I'm just like, ah, I'm not saying shit. You know, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm going to sit and this you know out for what? a couple of weeks and just relax yeah. and observe and just like, okay, this is, this is getting I weird. I agree. I agree. You know, um, because it's, it's, you know, what's happening is that, you know, there's a, big underbelly shadow in America and it's coming out. It's just like, it's coming out, you know. Hate Zilla. Yeah, I hate (laughs) you and I hate you because you, people like, I hate you because you don't hate that person. Like, what is that? But it's happening. People are killing other people's businesses. It's, It's like social media looting. It's, it's like, you know, they just, I don't see anything um, admirable about that. You know, whenever, um, like if you really have something to say that you know will destroy the other person, how can you say it so that Everybody gets elevated. You know, maybe they're not educated. Maybe maybe they, they never heard of it. And it's okay. And if you know so well, why not call them and be like, hey, bro, hey, sister, you know, did you know that uh, Black Lives Matters was, you know, created in 2013 and it's in the UK and Canada. It's just not here. Like, educate that's how you shift consciousness. You don't shift consciousness by, you know, brutally, um, you know, kicking people off or hating them or, you know, blowing them out of water or pointing fingers and saying you're bad and I'm good. You shift consciousness by being at the level of consciousness where you want to be by radiating, uh, you know, Whatever it is, like joy, peace, love. That's how you do that. And it doesn't mean that you're putting your head in the sand. It means I see what's happening. I see that 
we are having this problem. And this is one of the ways that I think, you know, as we figure out ways to change laws and, you know, defund the police, you know, like all that stuff, as we do all that, let's raise the vibration. You're not saying it didn't happen. You're not saying uh, love and light and let's close our eyes. It's like, this is a very powerful way to do that. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is uh, this quote from Alice um, uh, in Wonderland. It's, (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like everyone wants a magical solution, but nobody believes in magic. Damn, that's good. Right? That's good. So all these spiritual people say they're spiritual. And yet when you offer a spiritual solution, it's like, oh, you're bypassing. Okay. What what do you like? Really? (laughs) That's great. Oh God. We people are so nuts. Jesus. (laughs) So, So, so because I'm someone and this is in, I think really is born out of my recovery. You know, I had a past of addiction. I'm sure my audience is tired of hearing about. I've talked about it a lot, but it's it's my story, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I try not to dwell on it, but my journey really started when I was reborn at 26 years old. Mm. And I was at the doors of death and absolutely suicidal and destitute and just as low as I've ever been in my life. Right. And it seemed to me at the time that my problems were that I smoked too much crack, <laughs> took too much heroin, mm-hmm. and got drunk as fuck every day. Mm-hmm. And smoked weed all the day, every day, and everything else I could ingest. Yeah. And all my problems seemed to me at that time, and from my childhood until 26, that every problem I had was created by taking those substances, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I went to a rehab, I learned to pray to God, mm-hmm. and in a moment, I was just set free of that bondage. Yeah. And I knew that something had happened to me mm-hmm. and for me mm-hmm. that I had no responsibility in. Mm-hmm. I was just, I surrendered, you know? Yeah. But what I quickly learned was that <laughs> all of the underlying pain, memories, trauma, defects of character, mm-hmm. ways of thinking, ways of feeling, ways of treating people, existential loneliness, acute selfishness and self-centeredness, dishonesty, just on and on and on, all those untrue parts of myself and those painful experiences all started to come to the surface because now I didn't have any anesthesia. Exactly. And so I started to figure out and through my recovery work and the 12 steps that all of those problems that were bubbling up to the surface of my life Mm -hmm. were in fact symptoms of an underlying problem. And so for all of these years, I've been getting down to the root cause symptom Mm -hmm. of that and going into the depths of every nook and cranny of hell, as I said, to uproot that stuff and put it out in the sunlight and heal it. Yeah. So in a microcosm of one lifetime here, that's the model that I see all problems from is like, yeah, there are symptoms like, okay, so we could talk about yeah. you know, racism and corruption in our politics and in the media and all of this are symptoms. So if, if, if there is a cause there, the cause that I see is the lack of 
self-realization of individuals that don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah. And they've self-identified and been programmed largely by the media and by Hollywood to further self-identify into smaller and smaller groups. Mm -hmm. So that now I'm a cop and I see other as other, not as me, or I'm a criminal or perpetrator, victim, whatever the case may be, race, creed, color, nationality, Mm -hmm. sexual orientation, gender, all that. The more we self-identify as that, it creates a separation between ourselves and our heart and our God. And therefore, it's impossible to see others in an inclusive, unconditional, loving way. Absolutely. This is so powerful. Okay, so that's that's how I'm viewing the problem. Symptoms of that include child abuse. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of child abuse, Cookie just got hit in the head by the drum. Uh, Dog abuse. Sorry, Cookie. No, Cookie's fine. Cookie's good. good. She's a medicine dog. Um, So I want want to bring some energetics for a moment. Okay. This drum jumped from the chair and fell and, and, fell down because of what you were saying. I like I was looking at you. You didn't move? No. I did Whoa. I move? I didn't like remember I was I was wow. telling you that oh this is important and then boom. Wow. Like it it moved from here. And even if I had moved, this is a big chair. You said something that has a lot of power energetically and the drum jumped and fell. And made this noise. And right before it fell, I was, I was already telling him because I could feel it. Like what you just said is so big. And it comes back to what I was saying that the job of being human is to be you. Because if you're so separated from your core essence and identifying with these tiny little things, you can never be you. You're a cop. You're not you. And so um, I just wanted to, to say that you said something really big, which is this self-identification in a separation consciousness. This is actually how slavery happens. Like you are separated from your humanity. And you become programmed like a robot. And you think that it's you, but it's not. Separation. If I'm a phantom self believing that I'm a man, believing that I'm a white man, believing that I'm American, believing whatever heterosexual, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever that story is, and I see that as all I am. Therefore, I'm disconnected from who and what I really am, which is behind that mask or that yeah. vehicle that I've been granted. Mm. It's going to be impossible for me to truly have connectedness and compassion with others. And if I'm isolated as that false self, I have no empathy no. So I can perpetuate violence, evil, abuse of all kinds on yeah. anyone because I don't realize in that state. I'm not saying I would do that, but yeah. I mean, I was kind of an asshole <laughs> earlier in life, never to that degree. Uh, but 
you know, I was a selfish dick a lot of my life. But when you don't understand mm. and have the sense the sensed experience of oneness mm-hmm. and knowing that you're beyond this physical entity that seems to be you, you can harm another because you don't realize that other is you. Exactly. But with the realization that the only separation between you and I sitting here is just that on the material plane, we're separated by a body and a couple of chairs. Yeah. But knowing that I am you on the level of consciousness, I could never knowingly harm you. Absolutely not. So seems to me the solution is to illuminate yes. this principle, this master principle for people, and to go inside within oneself and make your number one fucking job in life to figure out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. By removing what you aren't. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And in that, we find empathy and compassion and unconditional love. And yeah. within that container, <laughs> idi- <laughs> idiocy and just complete. <laughs> yeah. The things, a concept like racism or anything like that is just completely idiotic and Absolutely. Im- impossible. And from that from that vantage point. So yeah. my question to you, and I'm sure you've been answering it the whole time, but how do you convey that truth mm-hmm. without negating the experience of someone who doesn't yet see themselves and, and the nature of reality in that way? You just um, um, convey the truth without negating their experience. And what I mean by that is when when you share, you know, like when you were talking about oneness, interconnectedness, I have experienced that. Like I have had plant medicine experiences or altered space where it's like, oh, this is the real reality. So I have done that. And I also know that there are other people who are very Newtonian, meaning they want to touch, they want to feel, they want to be proven that, um, you know, this is what my reality is and I defend my reality, I protect my territory. And there are those people at that level. So when you share or when you express your truth, which is something you know, and it's a teaching, I think that it is not It is not about concerning yourself with what your teaching will be thought about. Mm, right. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, That's and, good, yeah. Because there is a, there, I think at the root of that, for, for many people that do have a gift or a point of view, uh, you know, and, it's and easy I know, to second guess oneself and be like, oh, I, because, I better not express my view because it could be taken the wrong way. And there yeah, you are a victim of your own fear. Exactly. Because then you're going into fear and you, you're actually not present. You're going into anticipation. What are people going to think? How, you know, instead of. And I'm not saying that doing that will prevent people from, you know, like giving you flat. However, when you show up 
in this, like, this is how I, you know, when I feel that it's like, you feel it. It's like, yeah, this is it. You feel it in your belly. And, and when you express that, it's not about telling anyone else that yours is wrong, mine is better. You know, it's, it's like, this is what I know. This is what I feel. Now, if you tell me that you feel something and I'm saying, oh, you're stupid, then like, am I telling you not to feel how you feel? Like, what is that? So as you express, it has to be a self-expression. Instead of this is what you should do, it, it's like this is how I feel. This is what's showing up for me. This is what I'm struggling with. This is my challenge. This is how um, I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to show up. And, you know, and invite people who want to, you know, follow you to be with you. So that, um, so the key is not to, to project like projections, interjections, uh, making other people wrong. It's about you and it's about sharing the truth. And I was going to talk about, you know, of course, when, when you present opinions that are new, and, and that people do not recognize because the brain essentially only wants us to live in a familiar place. Like that's its only job. You know, it wants to learn how to tie laces and be done and put it, you know, and, and whenever you bring something new, it's like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? What? We have to learn how to. So when you bring something new, of course, it's going to shake people. But the premise, the preamble, the the, the way you present it is what will make it um, timeless. It's like now it's racism, it's sexual, gender, uh, nationality. It, like we've been seeing this. But when you zoom out, like, you know, your gift is like the ego. You know, you can be there and be like, you know, this is what's going on. That's your gift. And you share it from that place and you release attachment to anyone's opinion. But you also come from a place of integrity, like not saying, oh, you, you're an idiot because you're doing it this way. It's like, no, this, this is how I feel. So that's how I would answer that question. That's beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah, I think in observing and taking your time also, like because <laughs> what, what, what I was going to yeah. say also is that uh, energetically, what's happening now is, um, you know, it, it's it, it's like um, it's like a like a, a fight with like a lot of people like fighting. So like you know. People don't even know whom they're hitting. So you want to keep zooming out. There is no pressure and no rush to give your opinion about this. You don't have to right now unless you want to. 
yeah. unless you feel called. Well, I think that's because that that's the where I come from, or at least my intention is to come from authenticity. Yeah, you know, it's always been my goal, uh, more so than being liked or anything. Is just if anyone's going to say I wanna, something, I want to say I want to say something okay. really quick because I've noticed energetically that there's bullying going on. I'm just going to say it right out. There's bullying. What what have you said about this? Oh, I haven't heard you say anything about. It's like really. Do, do I have to? Can I just feel and cry in my house at the injustice? Do you know how I feel? Do you know my belly? Do you see my tears? Do you see my sadness? Are you here with me? Why do I have to expose it to the whole world to see in order for it to be real? I know you. I know how you feel. So there's that bullying also, you know, undercurrent bullying going on and, and people, you know, positioning themselves. Oh, I had the most black people on my platform. Like, wh- wh- what is that? <laughs> oh, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for illustrating that. Uh, glad you did it and not me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. I know how much you yeah, care. Yeah. And, and well, Yeah. I just have a commitment to myself. I make a lot of mistakes, you know. I'm very, I'm very. <laughs> Who doesn't? Human. I mean, I just started smoking goddamn cigars again, and I quit nicotine like nine years ago, and I was, I'm never going back. I went to ceremony, Costa Rica, I was smoking some of that tobacco. Oh, mapacho! Yeah, the mapacho in ceremony. I was like, Luke, you better not. And I thought, I'm in ceremony; it'll be fine. I came back. Mapacho like, is Where are my Cubans? Good. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, mm-hmm. I have I have my my vices. I have my faults. I, you know, I backslide. Yeah. I make mistakes. Um, but mm-hmm. one thing that is just really, really important to me and my character is just truthfulness and authenticity. Yeah, and that is not always easy when yeah. one has put themselves in a position to have a platform and have a voice. And I mean, I know I'm not that big of a deal, but there's a few people going like, "Hey, what's your take on this?" Yeah. You know, and it's like. I'm going to lay back in the cut because when I say something, it's going to be true and it's got to be from the heart. Exactly. And I need the dust, like you said, the dust to settle a little bit. There's this skirmish and it's very, the view is obscured. It is obscured. So the only thing that I know is the root cause. I think I know the root cause and I know the ultimate solution. Mm -hmm. But even when you pop off with that, if you're not saying that in a way that many people feel like you should say... Their game of spiritual bypass is to project their shit on you because you're not doing activism right. Yeah. Which is when, is like a label. Like which, who who said that this is how it's supposed to be done? Who right. said? Like so so really it's you know, when I look at it, it's really bringing out the shadow uh, you know, of the spirit, you know, the conscious people. Like how are you actually showing up? Are you that compassionate? You know, when you point fingers, like what is that? <laughs> when you blow people out of the water, what oh, is that? Man. Right? So good. Yeah. And and so so really, you know, when I talk about self-awareness, is like every day at the end of the day, I examine my day. I examine my day because that's how you can pick it up because it, 
you know, spiritual bypass or these things, they're so sneaky and sexy. I mean, it feels like, yeah, I'm standing up for the black people, you know, like you feel good. And it's like, what, by putting somebody else down? Like, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. It's it's not productive energy. No. Destructive energy, I, yeah. think, I think, is the thing I've observed with that, you know. I've observed it too. So so really um, being true to yourself and not being pushed into taking a position that you're not comfortable with. And it's okay. Because, you know, when you look at all the... Uh, native societies, the Africans, the natives, the, you know, like when there's a ceremony or a thing, like the elder is not the first person to speak. Actually, all the kids speak, speak, and then like the teenagers, and then, you know, like the grown ups, and at the end, the elder speaks not at the beginning. So thank you for being an elder. <laughs> That's thank how you. it happens. So, um, I mean, I'm a little silent because I, I, I know, you know, I feel you, I feel your energy and I, and I know what you're doing for humanity and, and the planet and, and, and it's, it's one of the things that I experienced too, the translation of the metaphysical and, and the bioenergetics into to words that are understandable by everybody. Like it's, it takes time to distill the truth, your truth, my truth. And, 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 and it's actually harder to hold in every situation, you know, sex, food, whatever, like holding is harder than doing actually. Yeah. So that's true. Um, what you're doing is actually harder. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed. Well, you know, it's, yeah, it's, being being thoughtful and you know yeah deeply caring and also being thoughtful and wanting to demonstrate wisdom mm. and to be patient but you're you're right it is it is a bit uncomfortable um to sit in the patient sometimes and wait for yeah. understanding to pass through yeah to where there's some some path to to navigate at least to identify okay this is the way I'm seeing this. This is the way I think I can most effectively contribute. And I'm just staying to that course. Yeah. But before that, it's a little wonky. <laughs> it is. Before one has a, a chosen path or perspective on something. Cookie just got her haircut today. Come here, sweetie. So pretty. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. This is one of the first times she's never jumped up on one of the chairs. Usually she jumps on the guest chair and if there's No, not, we've been we've been, you've been communicating. Yeah. You have? Yeah. Yeah. She's been a good girl. She's been what good. I want to ask you now, and thank you so much for that. What a gift to be able to get your perspective. It's just, oh man, it's like Yeah. It's so healing for me. I appreciate mm. it. 
Um, man, God, we've covered so much, but I do have a couple, a couple other questions, mm-hmm. and that would be. Uh oh, drum roll! No, no, no. This is this is good. We, we we got through a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, we got through the the sticky stuff. Uh, oh, I love sticky stuff. It's I okay. do too. Yeah, I do too. It's fun with you. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, I think really now, mm-hmm. and, and maybe we can kind of bring it to closure with this is, I think I asked you a bit about this before <clears throat> when it comes to plant medicines mm-hmm. and their seemingly self-guided proliferation into Western culture and mm-hmm. the way these plants have seemed to make their way around the world mm-hmm. now and this subculture that's being created I think I asked you about it, if I'm not mistaken, from the perspective of not so much the positive side of it, which I want to cover for sure, but in the kind of mm, cultural appropriation of shamanic traditions Mm -hmm. and the sort of blasé plant medicine, just kind of perhaps unthoughtful side of it Mm -hmm. in, in maybe done in a little less ceremonial or less conscious way. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you said something to the effect of these plants want to get out and they have their way of doing it, you know, and and they're the plants ignore who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong. Like they're going to get in the hands of the right people that are going to carry humanity forward uh, through their gateways that they're opening to these other planes of reality, something like that, or at least maybe that's my interpretation of how it works. Um, So I guess my question is, what role do you see all of the different medicines that are now becoming more widely used? um, What's their role in, in our awakening? Mm. So, um, I'm going to uh, finish with uh, the first question about plant medicines, you know, coming out um, and, and wanting to be used to, to, to be our allies in our awakening, um, our great awakening. And also um, really cautioning, um, you know, people who are wanting an experience to make sure that the person giving them, serving them the medicine has integrity. And I'm saying this because of safety. You know, are you getting a questionnaire about, you know, your health, your medications, uh, your allergies, things like that, because you can have bad experiences, right? So do your due diligence. So just that word of caution. Yeah. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Whenever I do a show around that topic, I usually give a disclaimer, quite, quite an extensive one at times. Yeah. yeah. I've been very fortunate. I think just using discernment and it took yeah. me so many years, so many years of knowing about the plant medicines and psychedelics and whatnot before I decided to dive in that when I did, I was, I was, I did a lot of due diligence to make yes. sure that I was in good hands and I've, yeah. been, I've been very fortunate so far. And, and to continue answering the question, um, I think that the, you know, plant medicines are really here to help us bridge the gap between um, our humanity and, and the greater consciousness 
because to me, being human is actually all this. It's like multidimensional. Like that's, that's what it means to me. And we have lost that. We have lost the connection to our hearts. We have lost the connection to our bodies. We live from the head up. We have lost the connection to nature. That's why we can damage it. So we have lost so much of what it means to be humans. And, you know, when people start working with plant medicines, they reconnect to their humanity. They reconnect to nature. They start, you know, having this um, awareness of the greater reality of, of what's actually real, not what we've shown. And they're really happy to be here and they really want to help. Um, and, and they are coming. They are coming and they are here. And... Um, let me see if, um, yeah, so uh, like grandmother medicine is, you know, I just see her um, like, like moving and um, like brilliant colors and, and, and moving this, this is the movement that I see, uh, you know, people probably don't you know, can't see me. However, it's like an undulating movement, like a dance. And, and, and the energy that comes from it is, is like pure joy, play, and yet, um, you know, structure and, um, yeah, so, so she's here. And and all the medicines are here. They 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 like they want to be here and they will be here. And and so I am not gonna be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in a few years it um it's it's like so awesome. Uh and 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 the other thing I, I would like to see is um you know more I call it translation, you know, when I was telling you a little bit ago about how, you know, when we work with metaphysics and, and the spiritual and the, sometimes the, the translation of words, of concepts, you know, like distilling it down where people can understand the principles, the practices can be um, a little challenging. So um, I look forward to seeing uh, you know, better practices, you know, with people who are providers and that are not real shamans and, and who, you know, who serve a role, right? And, and, and um, more uh, communication and connection with the people who live closer to these plants. And, and you use the word cultural appropriation, which, um, you know, I I think we're in one world and and I think that if only a certain people did certain things like we we wouldn't even travel to places right we would just <laughs> be like I oh know. you african and that's your thing and I'm american so you know, and I'm not going to eat that food because it's your food. I mean, 
I guess, um, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm an Aquarian and I'm a rebel and, and, I, and I'm really of like a human race. What's important is integrity, acknowledgement, sacred reciprocity, sacred activism, you know, um, like, like really being pure of intention. Uh, I think that that's probably what people are, are, are talking about. Right, right. And, and, and so, so if you find yourself, you know, um, you know, I've, I've you know, mm, okay, let me find good words. So certain people, you know, have, um, you know, they, they host ceremonies and, and, you know, they have people, this, you know, they give them medicine, they don't watch them, uh, you know, they leave before they're completely out of the, you know, and like, that's not responsible. And they don't do things like in a sacred place. The plant medicine do not like that. They're sacred. So that is not okay. And if you feel called to be a provider, go do some learning. You know? Yeah. Find a teacher in every hero study uh, story because... The thing is, you are dealing with people's consciousness. This is not light stuff. You know, when you take those medicines, have you ever experienced that? You want somebody who can hold you. And you never know what could happen. So if that's what you want to do, go get some training. Get a teacher, get a mentor, get help, get support. Um, so that you can share these beautiful allies in a safe and responsible way. Well said. In my own experience at this point now, um, you know, as I said, after being sober for a long time, I don't know if I ever talked to you about that, but for 22 years, I didn't take anything mind altering other than nicotine and caffeine, you know? And then in 2019, I went and did a series of uh, ayahuasca journeys and, Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, I don't have to tell you, but nothing was ever the same. And I was able to, I think because all the work that I'd done, just boots on the ground on Mm -hmm. the natch for so Mm -hmm. many years, just fucking meditating, just all of the discipline and all of the surrender. I think that foundation was really helpful for me going into that first medicine experience because- It does. I know does. what I know what surrender feels like already, and yeah. so there was there was no resistance. It was just like, oh shit, let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Mama. You know, I'm I just know. Like, I, I know that. I just one. had complete trust yes. for the experience, the facilitators, the medicine, etc. This was at a place called Rhythmia, and yeah. it's been interesting over the past. You know, I guess it's been a year and a half because. <sighs> I've had so many insights and so many profound changes that have just, oh, sped up my evolution and my healing and my growth and just like, just knocked down walls and walls and walls of things that were preventing me from fully expressing Mm -hmm. my dharma, my destiny, who I am, my, my authentic self, as we've been discussing. And because 
every single experience I've had, which has been quite a few different medicines up until this point, have been so productive. I, it's like I know my intention when I walk in. Mm-hmm. My guide knows the intention. Right. I'm not just fucking around to see no. some colors, you know? Although right. that's nice too. I, I'm not mad at that part either <laughs> at all. I'm not going to lie about that. Like yeah. I love hallucinating, uh, you know? Yeah, it's... But, but the thing is with that is like, and uh, you know, someone I really respect and care about recently just said, hey, you know, like I'm feeling a little something with you and this journey that you've been on that there's something a little off with it, you know? And they didn't say exactly what, but they said, maybe open your mind to consider just a pause on this exploration, you know? Hmm. And, and to me, it's like, what what Why? does that mean in English? Well, I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, they didn't even recommend that I pause. They just, I think they just said like, maybe it's something to take a look at. This is becoming so, a pretty... So what they're saying is you're doing too much medicine or... Maybe it's that it's a little bit, not like in an addictive way, but just it's getting pretty frequent mm. because I just love it. And mm-hmm. because every time I just, I get so much done. It's like mm-hmm. this sense of accomplishment, like, fuck, I just relived my birth and healed that. I just went through three past lives and healed, you know, yeah. I'm just like, the medicine is just gifting me these experiences. So... The the question there, mm-hmm. you know, understanding the the sacredness of ceremony, the intentionality, yeah. the company, the set, the setting, all of that, cool. Mm-hmm. As you indicated, I'm wondering, you know, where the line is of perhaps not getting addicted to the experience, but perhaps an attachment to the progress being mm. made. Okay. You, you, do you know what I'm saying? I it's, totally it, get it. So it's it. like if last weekend I took seven grams of mushrooms and like figured out my entire career or the book that I'm going to write or, mm-hmm. you know, work through an inner relationship problem or whatever it was. To me, it's like, logically, well, I should do that again this weekend. You know, mm. look how much, look what a gift that was. Why yeah. would I just not do this all the time? So, so there are, um, you know, two phases of actually um, having a plant medicine journey. Um, actually three. The first one is the preparation. The second one is the actual ingesting the medicine, sitting in ceremony. And the third part is the integration. So the integration part is what sometimes many people skip because um, it, it could take even two, three months like for the downloads to really finish coming through. Um, depending on who you are, right? Like for some people who are advanced, it's like it comes and they know. And so after you're done with a an experience, consciously deciding to have an integration time will help you notice that Oh, am I wanting to run away or am I doing this or do I just want, you know? And the second part of my answer is that, um, you know, addiction is such an interesting term, right? So, for example, the traditional way of sitting in ceremony is really not what you know, most Western 
societies are using. Like we, we're using plant medicine for evolution, our business, our, you know, it's not like you're going on a vision quest to, you know, where you then come home and sit for six months with like a shaman um, guide, like trying to excavate what, you know, this is like, I have a business and I came here, grandmother, because I want you to help me release whatever is blocking me for seeing my bigger vision. Right. And then boom, you do that. So you don't need to sit there six months if she said, oh, you know, you got to heal that shit. Like, yeah, go heal it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's like you have to see the context. But the thing that's for sure is that plant medicines are not used anymore like they were. It's the intentionality. Um, And however, you always have to have integration. And when you give yourself a period of integration, it will help you not miss things that might be subtle. Because the thing about plant medicine, you have the you know, big, like huge stuff. And then you have the subtle stuff that's also happening that's easy to miss if you don't get yourself an integration time. Uh, usually that's, three weeks is good. That's really, uh, that's really helpful, yeah. And, and it reminds me of, uh, you know, the experience I alluded to earlier of the 5-MeO-DMT. Yeah, yeah. Which is... <laughs> Well, yeah. Which is very brief in its, you know, the actual experience itself. Is, it's it's like minutes. It's it's brief, but yeah. the initial, you know, acceleration or leaving the orbit is so fucking intense that it was like the integration of that is the, and there was there was like past live things and things and things with my mother and some some beautiful things that that came out of it, but the actual just the the brief moments or however long it was where there was an obliteration not mm-hmm. only of the personality and the egoic self but also of the observer yeah almost all the way where there's not even an observer observing it you know no it's just like one just oblivion you yeah. know and so <laughs> in situations like that the integration is just like I don't know what that meant. It's just going to manifest and I probably won't even know how it's integrating. Right. And so what's happened since that, interestingly, and I think there's a correlation here, just brain chemistry wise, if nothing else is after that, I decided to take a pause Mm -hmm. because I respect, you know, my loved ones that said, Hey, maybe just consider just slowing down for a second and taking a look at that. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. I'll do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think really what's happened in the integration of that experience is it was it was great advice because it's allowed me to really get very grounded because mm-hmm. I was getting a little like, I just want to be in the quantum, man. Mm. Like, I don't want to be in my body. Like, I'm out there getting stuff done in the ethers and past lives and oh. talking to the elders. You know, it's like, what? why do you want to be down here? Oh, no, you do want to right? be here. So what, what I've done is just really like, man, I'm organizing my Dropbox folders and I hired a, a new assistant and I'm, I'm doing real like earth stuff. Yeah. We're writing my book, getting, you know, writing coach, yeah. outline, proposal. I'm actually like extremely focused and grounded. And I really think that that last medicine experience, whatever it did to me and for me, allowed me to just poof, 
land back here mm-hmm. and be more focused and more effective. Yeah, it's, it's you know, one of the things that, um, you know, when I work with my clients is you live on earth. God damn it. Th- th- this is where <laughs> you are, you know, like you, you're know. in a body. And, and yeah. so it's, it's a, everything is a dance. It's a balance, right? Uh, sometimes, you know, going, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how, often you you know you use plant medicines but sometimes there's um there's something that you're seeking that it could be conscious or unconscious and and when you get it like you get it it's you stop so if you're still going it's not necessarily an addiction it is you're looking for something that you're not getting and so you think, well, maybe if I do it this way or with this one, I will get that. You, and you might not know what it is. That's really interesting that you would present it that way because I just remembered one in that last experience, one brief part that I remember was I remember asking sort of, you know, the medicine or God or just the field or my higher self. I said, mm-hmm. man, why am I just... I'm so gung ho. I'm so full on with like my growth and my commitment. And I was sort of tuning into some past lives where I was just so deeply committed to mm-hmm. my spiritual path. Yeah. And I said, you know, why, why am I so hardcore about everything? I'm just so extreme. Like I'm just mm-hmm. doing this, you know? And the the answer came back and said, um, I answered the question kind of, I said, cause I want it all. And then immediately the medicine said, you're, Luke, you already have it all. Mm. Mm. It's like what you're looking for mm. in all this shit, it's already there. Mm. Yeah. And what yeah. a beautiful gift. Yeah. You know, that was obviously, uh, and I think that also kind of resonated with that pause of like, yeah. oh, maybe, not to say I'm never going to do plant medicines ever again, but no, no, no. But maybe yeah. it is time to stop and go, well, shit, like, I actually made a lot of progress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm doing yeah. okay. I don't yeah. have to like uh, just keep charging forward on this and, and pursuit of enlightenment, you know. And the other thing is that, you know, depending on the beginning of the journey, you know, you talked about your addiction and and usually post recovery not like at the recovery people really have to be vigilant. And it's kind of like you got to do it every day and so it's it's and when you, you you start being committed you know about your ascension your enlightenment your you know however you want to call it then of course um you know when you start seeing results it's like i want more results so yeah, i need yeah, to do totally. more and and that's why i talk about the providers like when you have um facilitators that are you know at a certain level they will tell you you need an integration period you need an integration so that you can you can receive you can come back in your body and and you can live that here and Everybody's integration is different, you know, integration period is different. And um and the other thing is that 
you always want to make sure that you come into your body because this is where it's happening. And, you know, you see a lot of conscious people who are, you know, like they're not even here. And, and that's like our job is to be here and to be actually, because um, we are the only place where we, we get to have a body. We get to have a body. We get to feel. Um, I had an experience um, where I was hosting, I was uh, hold, um, holding a ceremony uh, plant medicine ceremony and and there were um there were entities that were trying to come in that I didn't want to come in and so so I had said no and and they actually like they started they attacked like I was battling with them, but I was battling with them um with like if you had a visual it was like mathematical equations i mean of course this was like being encoded you know from the divine from and and so i was telling them that this this here this place is a place of love and they went they were battling me because they didn't know what love meant they they didn't know what love was these entities, they, they didn't know. And so I feel like the whole room was like mathematical equations, like in like 3D. And when, when the space was filled, I was like, this is love. Like it, it took, oh it, it took like the whole room with wow. symbols and things. And, and when I said, this is love, they were like, oh, and they left, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, like if she had looked at me, I was like, I was doing like that, just like writing and writing and write, like the whole room going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And I was explaining to them like, this is love. And, and they were like, no, we don't get it. We don't get it. And, and, and then, and then when everything was done, I put equal love. And then they were like, wow. And they were like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I remember when I, one of my first couple of two or three ceremonies, maybe afterwards speaking to a couple of the facilitators and, yeah. uh, I was like, man, I just say, man, thank you so much. You guys held this amazing space. Like, I just incredible the way you orchestrate this. And it was just fascinating. What it was quite a big group of people, maybe 50 participants, you know, yeah. and they were just so on it. And she was just explaining her process and she said, Well, yeah, you know, we're all drinking the medicine all night. Da, da, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, you have she to goes, drink yeah, the medicine. She's like, uh, yeah, I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm laying there like, I mean, I can't even walk, you know? And she's yeah. like, oh, yeah. She goes, that's how we create the grid. Yeah. It's like the grid. And it was kind of like what you described. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, we, yeah, we set up the grid in the yeah. room to make it safe and secure Absolutely. for everyone. And I was because like, whoa. When, when the medicine comes, like everybody comes to play the good, the bad, the like, oh, yeah, you have to. 
you have to set up a grid and it's like no you know you don't come and and if people try to, like those i think they just kind of saw like oh i think there's a party there type of energy and let's go and i was just like no and they were just like what kind of like that and then i was like no this this place is like about love but yeah no you you drink the medicine and um because that's 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 how you you go into that consciousness so so when i'm holding a ceremony for example i could be sitting here but i'm with you and i know what's happening or if you need help or that person like i don't even have to 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 like open my eyes to see it's it's like a grid it's so beautiful the thing i want to close with is an idea mm-hmm. uh, that i'm uh, i intuit that you've you've considered going back to the root cause of suffering and mm-hmm. especially suffering that's perpetuated by one on another mm-hmm. if at the root of that is the ignorance of what one really is as one single point of consciousness in the greater whole of unity, of, of, of one unified field of intelligence and love, one aspect of God, if that's what we are. If we're unaware of that, we'll harm ourselves, we'll harm others. There's this sense of separation. Mm-hmm. And as you said, some people are trapped in that Newtonian paradigm where you can explain that to them and it sounds insane because they've not yet had that visceral experience. They still think this chair is solid, the table's solid. Right. You're a black woman, I'm a white man, there's mm-hmm. rules around mm-hmm. all of this. We have to follow this, you know. Yeah. There's history that we have to act out and you know, all this shit. Right. It seems to me plant medicines might be the way mm. on a large scale out of that. And I say that because every time I'm on medicine, I'm like, how can we get the shit in the water supply at Washington, D.C.? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. If we like dosed everyone in the media and in the world banking system and in the education system and yeah. in all governments and police force and military, if we could just show them who and what they are, then... Mm-hmm. We could have a quantum shift. I know that's a you know an idealistic impossibility at this point, well, but maybe not. What do you think? I think that you know um, it reminds me of the pill in the Matrix, and um, really knowing that it's a dream that we can dream. You know, there are dreams that. I call impossible dreams, but they can still be dreams. Um, and and knowing that when you dream impossible dreams, it's not always straightforward and, and there can be challenges. But I think that dreaming a world where plant medicine teachers can be adjunct to our education, to our growth, is possible. And knowing that, you know, growth or becoming aware of reality is not always easy. Um, It reminds me of a quote, a dialogue in The Matrix, the movie The Matrix. Um, It's Neo. Neo says, ask Morpheus, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus tells him, 
because you have never used them before. Damn. That's good. So being awake can hurt. And and so taking all that into consideration, um, yeah, I think I think that plant medicine teachers could be the way to to really create this a better equality system, an equality in consciousness and awareness and, 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 and create change from that level and bring that change down to the physical level. Because when you're conscious of something, when you become aware, you can never unsee it. You can never unknow it. And they're all based on love. I mean, these plant medicine teachers love us. Who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life that you might share with the audience? Uh, Three teachings? Mm -hmm. Or teachers. Teachers. Books, philosophies, Um, people, anything. um, So, Grandmother Ayahuasca um she's been a great teacher um her patience and i remember um not this like a journey before last um i wasn't i wasn't leading the ceremony i was i was uh there as um um like an extra shaman. So I was, I was having a journey and I had taken the medicine and, and all I could see was black. And you know, it's color, right? All I was seeing was black. And, and then I was like, I closed my eyes, I turned, I squinted, squeezed, and, and it was just black. And then and then I asked her, I was like, well, what's going on? And she said, oh, you need to be comfortable with the dark. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what does that even mean? But I was like, okay. And she let me be like that. Like I wasn't seeing anything. I was just seeing black. And then... After a while, she said, do you know what this is? I was like, no. She was like, this is the void of creation. Wow. Damn. I know. She's like, if you're not comfortable in the dark where nothing exists, you cannot be a creator. Because before things are created, they don't exist. If you create something that already exists, you're just copying. So you need to be comfortable here. I was like, damn. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> I mean, like oh, she's... Yeah, I like that. She works with me like those that way. Um, and mm. um, 
I want to say I learned a lot from David Hawkins because for the first time I could put into words the things that I knew but couldn't explain. So it was more of a technical um, language, um, tools that could help me translate the quantum field, the energetic field, the consciousness field. Uh, and, and, and I really, um, I really learned a lot from him. Um, who else? Mm. My teacher of, um, bioenergetics and um, sound harmonization. Um, French. And like he, you know, when I studied under him, we were like working with the music of the stars. Like he would uh, create the horoscope or the cosmic picture of the day and you know each planet has like notes and uh that's where the music of the spheres you know comes from and and so we were working with the stars and and we did uh qigong of the stars and um like i really got to express at a universal level. Uh, like there was no limitation. And, and the whole premise was when I see, when I look at the moon, I become the moon. When I see the stars, I become the stars. When I see the river, I am the river. I am the moon. I am the sun. I am the stars. So that really helped me expand my field expand and you know we we worked a lot on the heart you know forgiveness compassion acceptance and in my heart field it's like if if you see energy it's like so vortex and and so that 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 was like yeah does that teacher have a name fabia mamo fabia mamo mamo yeah. Fabia Momo. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll yeah. try to track them down and put it in the show notes. Uh, this has been incredible, man. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> it's it's such a gift to be able to have conversations like this. The icing on the cake is that it's being recorded. <laughs> you know? And that I, I just can hope someone could have one small you know, slice of the the joy uh, mm-hmm. that I get out of having um, conversations with such amazing people like you. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's an excuse, like having a podcast is an excuse to have conversations like this and be able to take a couple hours to do it. You know, if we were at a party or something, we'd chat for a minute and be like, she was awesome, but I couldn't really dive in unless we really became friends, you know? So I want to thank you. And Mm -hmm. uh, where can people find your website, which is your new beautiful website (laughs) and your social media and whatnot? So um, I'm going to give them... Uh, use evolvewithmarie.com 
It will take you to my website where you'll find free resources. You'll get to know me and interact with me. Evolve is E-V-O-L-V-E with Marie, M-A-R-I-E dot com. And my Instagram is Marie Mbuni, M-D. So my last name, Mbuni, is spelled M-B as in boy, O-U-N as in Nancy, I. So at Marie Mbuni, M-D on Instagram and Facebook, the same. Awesome. Thanks yeah. so much for joining me. This has been a great time. So good. I love you. And it was fun. And I got to say what I wanted to say. You know, I want to really say this. I did not feel inhibited at all. I did not feel like I had a, um, uh, how do you call that? A, um, an outline or a, a, a byline. Like I didn't feel stuck in a box. I felt free to express. And this is, is a gift. Not everyone can do that. You know, like when you ask a question, you let it go. You're not attached to how I'm going to answer. <laughs> and, and that is huge. Like, you know, I get interviewed a lot and people are like, you know, they ask a question, but they hope that I'll answer it a certain way. And I'm like, wait, now <laughs> there's pressure. Like, but with you, I was free to do what I want. That's huge. And thank you thank for you. creating such a platform and having me. I love yeah, you. I'm glad you. I love you too. I'm glad you came back. Yeah. I'm glad we got it done finally. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if you ever serve up some medicine, please let me know. I'd love, I to, will. love to hold that space with you someday. Mm. It is already done. It is done. It is done. And... You know, uh, since things are closed, um, you know, I do drum journeys that take you like without plant medicine. Or you just did one. Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning, I'm telling yeah. you. No, it, it's, it's it was my hard gift. to talk. I was like, oh it's, shit. It's, it's one of my <laughs> gifts. Like I, I can take people like I just like I just go. Like that's my gift. Like just like that. So Cacao, drum. Rad. Yeah, we'll do it anyway. Set. All right. Thanks so much, Marie. You're welcome. Bye. Well, as I promised in the intro, this was going to be a transformative experience, more so than an interview. It truly was a ceremony. And for those of you that watched the video version of this, and by the way, there is a video version of every Lifestylist podcast uh, episode. Uh, You will have seen me just, (laughs) you know, with tear-filled eyes through much of this interaction and conversation. And uh, it was a truly healing experience for me uh, as someone who deeply cares about my fellow humans and has been left quite confused about how I might be able to help and um, make a contribution while staying in my zone of genius and really keeping in my lane and doing things the way that I do them best. So um, I'm so glad that I followed my intuition on having uh, Marie back on the show and having this particular conversation with her because it was incredibly healing for me. And I know that the transmission of energy is going to be felt 
and heard by many listeners who happen to catch this episode. So thank you so much for joining me. And it goes without saying that I highly recommend uh, looking up Marie if if you're interested in some guidance and coaching. Uh, she has an amazing program. And if I was going to pick someone to be my guide, and I might actually do this, I think I might need a guide. So Marie, uh, if you're listening back to this, you know, hook a host up with a discount. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, uh, man, what just what a powerful woman, a powerful shaman, and just such a voice that is needed at this moment. And uh, I'm just forever grateful to have people like you listening to this podcast and uh, to be able to be so karmically gifted with the grace of this career that I've carved out for myself and the ability to interact with such brilliant people on an ongoing basis. And so uh, with that, my heart is just so full at the moment. And if yours is, as always, I'd love for you to share this episode with a couple friends. It's really easy to text or email uh, specific episodes using the podcast apps these days. It used to be quite difficult. It would just send you the person's general podcast, not each episode. Now it's really easy to click on the app and uh, copy the link and send it to a few people or post it on your social media. This is the way that we just hit 5 million downloads. Oh yeah, God, I should do a special show on that. You know what I will, I'll do a solo show. I'll record it today. And, uh, and we'll talk about that. So if you're someone that's been listening for a long time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the show. And uh, I'll just let you know that if you subscribe to this podcast, it helps the download numbers because then every episode is automatically downloaded. You know what I'm saying? A little inside baseball there. Uh, but in any case, whatever you can do to support, even if it's just listening and uh, enlightening yourself and feeding your soul and your mind to become healthier emotionally, spiritually, and physically, uh, that in itself, as was discussed in this conversation with Marie, is a huge contribution to humankind. And uh, I think if each of us took some time each day to do some inner work and really connect to source, to our higher power, to God, whatever you feel called to, <laughs> uh, to name that thing, that omniscient, loving, powerful, all-intelligent force of all universes, of all time. Uh, the more that we can connect to that, we're able to connect to our own hearts, our own intuition, our truest, highest selves, and then operate in the world from that level. And uh, I truly believe that doing the inner work is really the solution to the work that needs to be done in the world. And so uh, just so grateful to be able to have this conversation, to have you hear it, and hopefully share it with a few friends. With that, speaking of brilliant people and inspiring conversations, oh man, I got an amazing episode for you next Tuesday. It's called Higher Ground, Rediscovering the Ancient Wisdom of Cannabis and CBD with Stephen Smith. He is the co-founder of a company called Onda, which makes some fantastic CBD and cannabis products. Uh, and you probably heard me talk about them on the show. They, they ran some ads back in the day. Uh, I've got this stuff all over my house, and uh, it's not so much a plug for his company, but just the work that he's doing with the environment and uh, really up-leveling the hemp cannabis industry, going biodynamic. Um, farming in ways that are ecologically sound and creating really powerful products. So if you're someone that's confused by all the noise about CBD and all the different brands and how it's made and the extraction methods and does it get you high and 
how many milligrams of THC and CBD. We go like super, super deep. It's like a two hour conversation. And all we talk about is the cannabis plant. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited to bring that episode to you. And then guess what? I've got my new EMF masterclass coming out very soon. Could be any day now. To uh, enroll on the wait list for this EMF masterclass, which is uh, going to show you how a proper EMF assessment of your home is done, what to look for, uh, the meters that are used, how to find uh, cell towers in your area, uh, how to protect your family and your home from the dangers of EMF in a totally sane, non-paranoid way. You want to get over to lukestory.com slash EMF masterclass. That's lukestory.com slash EMF masterclass. Now, when this is released in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be $149, which is incredibly, <laughs> uh, well, I don't want to say it's affordable because some people are really hurting right now as a result of this situation that we find ourselves in. Um, wow, there's a leaf blower or a saw going right now. I'm just, gonna, you know, I'm just going to roll with it. So if you hear that, forgive me. I just want to wrap this up because I get an appointment shortly. Uh, anyway, the course is going to be 149 bucks, And the reason that I made it so cheap, even though it's uh, over five hours of video content, no joke, it's five hours of content. It is extremely comprehensive and fun and entertaining and easy to understand. I'm really, really proud of this. I made it cheap, to be honest, because of the COVID situation. I know so many people are hurting and it's not really like this particular class is not, you know, the main driver of revenue for my brand. It's just something that I felt called to do because I'm so passionate about this particular issue myself because EMFs have just trashed my health uh, in so many ways over the years. And I'm just like, I'm pissed. <laughs> and so my origin story is like, this has to be fixable. And I'm finding ways to fix it in my own life and decided to create this amazing course for you. Now, the course is going to be 149 again because of covid and also because, to be honest, in order to fix the EMF in your house, I mean, it's a process, but it can get quite expensive. So many people are going to, you know, buy this course for 149 and then realize, oh, shit, now to fix all this stuff, I'm going to have to really invest in my home. And so uh, I didn't want to make a course that was $500 or $1,000 and then have people watch it and be like, oh, cool. Now I got to spend another $1,000 on all this gear. Uh, so I made it really affordable for that reason. However... Because you're listening to this outro, and that means you're a super fan and you're freaking awesome, I'm going to give you 100 bucks off the course and make it only $49 if you sign up for the wait list before the class is released. So again, go to lukestory.com slash EMF masterclass. Put in your name and email, and the day the course gets released, you're going to get an email with a $100 off coupon making this only $49, but you're only going to have like one or two days to sign up once you get that email and then the discount goes away. So go to lukestory.com slash EMF masterclass and uh, you can watch an amazing video trailer there. It's about three and a half minutes long. It explains the whole course in, uh, in gory detail. Upcoming events. It's not until January, the Health Optimization Summit in London, January 2021. You can find updates to all my events and whether or not they're happening and when at lukestory.com slash events. Lastly, and certainly not least, let's thank our sponsor, uh, JustThriveHealth.com. And the audience code there is Luke15 to save 15% off their amazing spore-based probiotics, amongst other things. Then Beekeepers Naturals, keeping it real sweet with literally the best bee products in the world, not only for your health and for the health of the bees, but also the environment. These guys are awesome. That's BeekeepersNaturals.com. 
The code there is Lifestylist, and that saves you 15% off. And then our newest sponsor, and one that I'm most excited about, is Surthrival. That's surthrival.com. And right now, you can save 10% off with the code STYLE10 at Surthrival. And uh, those of you that have heard one of my favorite guests and a good friend, Daniel Vitalis, on the show, I think he's been on like four or five times, probably more than any other guest at this point. Uh, you will have heard about Surthrival products there. A couple of things to start with based on uh, what I use on a daily basis would be the bovine colostrum, incredibly healing to the gut, uh, incredible for your immune system, which is, of course, really important right now. I'd also recommend their pine pollen extract for uh, essentially it's, it, it is almost, I don't know, <laughs> you can't make medical claims. Let me just say this. I use it basically as a hormone replacement, <laughs> uh, because it's solid testosterone and it's really good for your testosterone levels and just balancing your hormones. And also for women, by the way, y'all need testosterone too. You don't want to become estrogen dominant. That's where painful menstrual cycles and excessive bleeding and all this stuff comes from. Now I'm not saying this medically, <laughs> claims to solve that, but it definitely will contribute uh, testosterone that is bioavailable to your body. That's the pine pollen extract at Surthrival. And then the third one would be the elk antler extract with growth factors. This is amazing for building healthy muscles and ligaments, tendons, all tissues, skin in your body, and especially recovering from physical exertion like working out. That's the elk antler extract. That stuff is beast mode 100%. And uh, in closing, just now, you guys can find all of the sponsors at lukestory.com slash store. That's where all the stuff is. So if you're like, wait, what was that link? What was the discount code? Don't trip. You don't have to remember a million links. Just go to lukestory.com slash store. Anything you buy there uh, supports the mission, gets you a discount, and, um, and helps support these amazing brands that are doing things right. And I don't have anyone run ads on this show just for the money. They have to make the best product on the market or at least you know, one of the top ones. I mean, it's hard to say like, who is exactly the best probiotic in the world? They all have their benefits. But uh, in the case of Just Thrive, for example, I don't know anyone doing the spore-based probiotic like they are. And that's why they got on the show. So that's what's up. Um, thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to share next week's episode on uh, cannabis and CBD with you. So make sure you subscribe to the show. And thank you so, so much for helping me get to 5 million downloads. Let's crank it up to six. Uh, how you can help contribute to that, again, is just sharing this episode with some friends. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week.